0: Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Two Super Bowl titles, five years as an offensive coordinator with maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, and what's your prize, Eric Bieniemy? Three interviews with the Washington Commanders. Wow! Stone Labanowitz, hit the open. On your mark, get set, go.
1: You are listening to Ken Lavica live. What?
2: Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you
3: want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up!
1: Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN
0: 106.3. I am. I am not a happy camper today. I am not a happy camper at all. And honestly, I've never even really, I haven't been camping since I was like nine. But I still use that phrasing every now and then just to show how discontent I am with something that's going on in my life or maybe in the world of sports. Theo Dorsey, Big Teddy takeover here on Ken Lavica Live. You see me on WPTV News Channel 5 and WFLX Fox 29. You usually hear me here on Ken Lavicka Live with Stone Labandowicz and Ken Lavicka Mondays and Tuesdays. But Ken's out. Ken's a rockin' and rollin'. He's partying. He's oh well, actually he's coming back from Middle Tennessee and in Stone. I don't know, man. I'm not a happy camper today because of the Eric Bieniemy news as a Chiefs fan and as a black man, damn it. But Ken Lavica might not be so happy either coming off of this road trip with the uh, FAU men's basketball team.
3: I mean, it's tough, right? They can't just keep winning these games left yeah. and right and left and right. So a loss here and there is good for the soul. But if Ken Lavica was here today, he'd be a little upset about that. So avoid some of the... Uh Glass half-empty stuff. Let's be uh, bright and sunshiny once we get past the Airbnb topic.
0: Yes, yes. We could be optimistic. We could be bright and sunshiny here on this Friday afternoon. uh, Six days out from the Honda Classic at PGA National. We got the Delray Beach Open out here. Palm Beach County is one of the centers of sports right now in America right now. So anybody that's visiting from out of town that's here listening to us here on ESPN 106.3, I don't want to give him that pessimistic stuff. I want to be a a ray of sunshine. Um, And again, when Ken comes back on Monday, he might pout a little bit. I mean, FAU men's basketball, number 25 in the nation. Yeah, they fell to Middle Tennessee last night. And Ken will probably talk a little bit about it. They might lose their ranking again, but they'll still be in the tournament. There's still bright days ahead for the Owls. So we won't.
3: But here's something to think about, though, for for Ken's sake and for the FAU Owls, obviously one of the successful local teams in the area right now. If you don't know, you should. Come on. If you haven't seen them, you should go see them. But Ken, being a Dolphins fan, he's never felt what it's felt like when teams come to town and give all their effort. Like every mm-hmm. time you played the Patriots, every time you played the Chiefs, it's your Super Bowl. Ken's getting a taste of that with FAU right now. The teams that go to play FAU – the biggest game on the schedule for these guys. Like, you're trying to knock off the Owls. Yeah, You're trying to make sure that they don't just keep winning games and climb or down the rankings in this instance. So, stop it's bound doing to happen. It. Stone, stop doing it. I have a problem with
0: Stone that. Stone Labanowitz, and for anybody listening right now, they're like, why did he say climb down the rankings? Why is he all, like, he does this every time we're talking about top 25 polls. So, every time you do it, Stone, I'm going to address it. The You've, AP top 25 <laughs> poll, if you move from 25 to 20, that is a move up. You're moving up the ladder. You're climbing the ladder because at the top of the ladder is number one. Why do you just continue to do this whole climb down BS?
3: Yeah, I'm really stubborn when it comes to this stuff because <laughs> it doesn't
0: make like, sense. let's be logical.
3: Because if you're climbing up the rankings, you got your ass bounced out of the top 25. <laughs> but if you're climbing down, you're getting down there closer to Stone. 10. You're getting down there closer to 8. But heres I'll, I'll, I'll really admit what it is. Yeah, It's the tennis in me. So in tennis, okay, you go with what? games you have and what point you have at when you're serving. So whenever we're bringing up a basketball basketball score, let's say the Nets are taking on the Sixers. Yeah. Let's say the Nets are down 97 to 102 and I guess I can't use any of the three guys' names who aren't there anymore. Let's yeah, say Ben say. Simmons takes a three-point shot. Again, something way out of the realm. This
0: is like an alternate
3: universe. <laughs> what are you making Just up here? Just try to follow with me here. Stay with me. Ben Simmons takes that shot down three points. I would say that it's 97 Going 100. That's wrong of me. But I I think it's good for perspective because Ben Simmons is the one who shot it at 97. It's a stubborn thing that I I do. I understand that it's wrong, but I like to go with the logical reasoning. Who's on serve? And in this case, we're going (laughs) down the rankings. It's it's something that eventually I have to learn, but I'm going to be stubborn for now. I apologize. It's
0: illogical. It's also illogical because if the rest of the world is going one way on it, like we're all using the metric system here, why are you being the one? That's that's trying to be the eyeball out using the what is it called the standard I forget what U S yeah the metric system metric versus standard or yeah. so Something. it's like let's let's you're, Scott, you're wrong how Sc- about that
3: I am wrong I am admitting that I'm wrong Scotty okay. Scheffler you're playing the best golf of your life man you are climbing up those rankings oh yeah I'm outside of the top ten no you're climbing up those rankings bud you're number one in the world yes. you know what are we doing here
0: oh my god.
3: Hopefully, there's a small crowd out there who's like, Yeah. Yeah. I'm with them.
0: I'm there's with some, them. You know what? 888 760 3776. 888 760 3776. That's the number to call into the show. If there's anybody in this universe, maybe mm-hmm. you're listening on the ESPN app, maybe you're rolling around in your car listening to us on ESPN 1063. If you agree with Stone Labanowitz that going from number 25 in the AP poll to number 20 is moving down the rankings, moving climbing down. <laughs> Then call in and let us know. If the phone lines don't light up, then we'll know that you are on Stone (laughs) Island, as you typically are, and usually it's with mediocre quarterbacks and not with things like this. But speaking of mediocre quarterbacks, Stone, this is where we wanted to start it today. (sighs) I'm a Chiefs fan, as you know. Um, That I do. And it's it's widely known here because, again, I did have my fan free agency. I was a Carolina Panthers fan for a lot of my life. I made my fan free agency in August. I picked the Chiefs. Everybody was down on them. They go up. They win the championship. We are soaring high. I thought I was safe, right? Because as a Chiefs fan, not only do you have a superstar quarterback locked into like a 10-year deal in Patrick Mahomes, we also have a head coach in Andy Reid who has the franchise kind of like he he's he's the master of it all. He, he's got the puppets moving. Like nobody's moving him off of, off of his spot. Very safe. Maybe the best uh, job security in all of the NFL with that. I knew that both of my coordinators also had excellent job security. Steve Spagnuolo ain't going nowhere because he's not young, right? He's not getting a head coaching job because Steve Spagnuolo is not young, mid-60s, he's content at being the D.C. for the Chiefs. Eric Biennemi ain't going nowhere because he's not white. And that's what I learned. (laughs) I said Eric Biennemi, as great of an offensive coordinator as he is and all of the ambition he has, I know he's going to remain my offensive coordinator for my Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm being selfish because he's not white. And then today I got to get this news from Ian Rappaport. Ian Rappaport tweets this out, and I just knew because, again, over the past five years, Eric bien has been interviewing for head coaching job after head coaching job. So much success as an offensive coordinator. In, in so many ways, we've seen people use the same track that Eric bien has used, not just be an offensive coordinator for a future Hall of Fame coach but also be an offensive coordinator for a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Not just be excellent at your job enough to win playoff games and have the number one ranked offense in the league, but be so good that you also turn that into two championships over five years. Eric Bieniemy, as the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs has done more in his tenure than people before him like Matt Nagy and like Doug Peterson who were assistants under Andy Reid and then got head coaching jobs in the NFL. Whatever. So I know I'm safe. Because Eric Bieniemy has been safe so far as by O.C. I'm thinking I have continuity. And then I get this tweet from Ian Rappaport this morning. And and I was just so sad. <sighs> Ian Rappaport, NFL Network. The commanders and chiefs, OC, Eric Bieniemy have mutual interest and it's trending in the right direction towards him being their new coordinator. Both sides are working through specifics, but Bieniemy is the top choice if all goes well. This should be official today. Okay. Eric Bieniemy, Offensive Coordinator, Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl Champions. Washington Commanders, not a playoff team, owned by Daniel Snyder, quarterbacked by Sam Howell, Offensive Coordinator spot. That's a lateral move. Am I not right, Stone?
3: It's the most lateral move that I've ever heard about in my entire life.
0: It. Not only does it feel lateral, in some ways, it feels like a downgrade. He is going to have play calling duties now because he will be coaching under Ron Rivera, who he better stay his ass away all, uh, when, the, when the offense is on the field. He, better, he, better, he should just take his headset off when the offense steps on the field.
3: Yeah, so when you're on the sideline and you're a head coach, obviously all the mics are connected to each other, but yeah. it <laughs> takes one flip of the switch to go to the defensive side. And then you get to hear all of the safeties coach, the defensive coordinator up in the box. He should just never flip it to the offensive never. staff. Just keep it on the defense. Keep it as that <laughs> Maybe one guy. Special teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay connected with the special teams
0: guy, but that headset should never be flipped to the offensive side of the ball. So Eric Bienemy is now on his third day of interviews with the Washington Commanders to go and be the offensive coordinator for again the Washington Commanders a franchise that's been in turmoil, a franchise that is not a contender by any stretch of the imagination in the NFL right now. And because over the past five years, Eric B has failed. He's interviewed stone with 15 different NFL franchises for a head coaching job. And he's gone on 16 different interviews. That's a lot of interviews for any, any coach to go on over the past five years. Eric B has done that and, because he's not gotten a head coaching job, now he's resulting to this lateral move. And to me, I, it just leaves me now, as a Chiefs fan, I'm sick because I'm losing my OC. I do get that we're getting Matt Nagy. Likely he's going to get elevated. But also, I got to just go out there and say it. As a black man, I'm angered. And as a sh- black man, I'm disheartened. Because what are we doing, though? And you should be, to be completely
3: honest with you. And there's another stat that I have on top of Interviewing 16 times with 15 different franchises. Seven of the coaches hired instead of him have already been fired. Already been fired. And, and listen to some of these names. <sighs> Urban Meyer.
0: Joe Judge. Oh my
3: God. Nathaniel
0: Hackett. Oh my God. Just putting some of those names out there. Joe Judge, did, did he play call plays for the Patriots when he was under Bill Belichick? Yeah, they split it 50-50. Him and Matt Patricia. No, I'm talking about before he got hired as a head coach. And it, the answer was no. He was no special teams coordinator. Joe Judge. I mean, Matt Nagy, who's back on the Chiefs staff, came from the Chiefs organization. You know, the, the, here, here's the one thing that, and I, and I read this this article, and, and this is uh, the one thing that maybe um, ticked me off the most today. And we're going to get into this. Later on, we're going to bring on uh, Aaron Ladd, who's been covering the Chiefs. He works for Action 41 News out there in Kansas City. He's fresh off a parade. He's been having a good time. We're going to bring him into this conversation later on as well. But... Here's one of the things that just ticked me off the most, and I got this from the Roger Sherman um, article that came out on the ringer this morning. And I didn't even think about it, but it does need to be addressed. Mike Kafka was the quarterback's coach for the Chiefs just two years ago when the Chiefs fell to the Bengals in the AFC championship game. After that season, Mike Kafka got interviewed by the New York Giants when they brought in Brian Dayball to go be his offensive coordinator and play caller with the Giants. So, again, Mike Kafka, who was under Eric Bieniemy, who was under Andy Reid with the Chiefs in 2021, gets hired as the offensive coordinator for the Giants last year. Calls plays for Brian Dayball in the NFC East. So we're starting to see a bit of a pattern here. Right, mm-hmm. he gets the play caller job, and this year went on four head coaching interviews. Went on four head coaching interviews this year, more than Eric Bieniemy when I hear things like that it, it it forces me
3: to propose this question to you yes they obviously do their research they are obviously in-house they know Eric Biem's vibes what kind of cut what kind of cloth he's cut from Yes how he talks how he walks, how he handles meetings is he a leader of men like these are all things that we can speculate on but we just don't realistically have an answer for so I would have to ask you. Is it possible that he's gotten comfortable in Kansas City as being a coordinator to the point where he doesn't necessarily hang back, but he's a position coach? Hmm. He grabs the quarterbacks, he grabs the wide receivers coach and the pass game coordinator, vice versa, whatever it is, and maps this out and doesn't spend a lot of his time coaching these men from a broader perspective. Like, is there a
0: chance that he's not head coach material? Mm. We don't know the answer. I'm asking we don't. you. And here's the thing. This is why I'm never the type to I'm never going to try and act as if because the, the worst situation we can get into here is we're all just Eric B enemy, Eric B enemy. Let's go. Because right. the, the problem is broader than Eric B The problem is the NFL has a hiring issue when it comes to black people. And not just black people, but minorities in general. The NFL has had a problem since its inception. I mean, we're, we don't we don't even have to get into all of that here on the show. But Eric Bieniemy is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the NFL's hiring problems. When it comes to black coaches, um, the problem with Eric Bieniemy and and I'll just speak specifically to him is it feels like the goalposts keep getting moved, though. So there's a chance that you're right. There's a chance that Eric Bieniemy, we could do all this pushing for him to become a head coach in the National Football League, and then he could stink at it, and then he could suck. He could go one in sixteen, miss the playoffs, and get fired. We could do all of this, make it all about Eric Bieniemy, and that could happen. But it's no different than what Urban Meyer did. And that's all. That- and it's no different than what Joe
3: Judge did. And it's for damn sure not any different than what Nathaniel Hackett just did to this Denver
0: Broncos franchise. I knew where you were going there, and I honestly. Love the argument. And that's the biggest problem is the goalposts keep getting moved. So back in 2018 when Eric Bieniemy is elevated to the offensive coordinator and then he starts interviewing for head coaching jobs because he did just what Doug Peterson did and just what Matt Nagy did, he's like, oh, well, I'm next in line. Matt Nagy moves on to be the Bears head coach. I'm the offensive coordinator of these Kansas City Chiefs. That means that very soon I could be a head coach in the National Football League. He did everything he was supposed to do in that time. Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson didn't call plays for Andy Reid. Neither did Eric Bieniemy. It didn't stop them, too. Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson didn't even win Super Bowls under Andy Reid. Eric Bieniemy did. He won two of them. Uh, throughout this whole process, we've heard so much, and I, I don't know what what uh, sound we have on it today, um, but I guess we might not have it. Maybe we'll dig it up and use it later. But throughout this process, so much credit has been given to Eric Bieniemy, not just this year, but in years prior. Andy Reid has gone out of his way year after year to talk about how big of a responsibility Eric bien has with not just getting players prepared, but sometimes with drawing up plays and calling plays. And I I want to, because obviously my NFL mind isn't as deep and as as nurtured as some of the people that speak on this stuff every day, I want to toss it to, I believe, what show is this? Get Up this would be NFL Live. NFL Live, NFL Live, the source that you should go to if you want to hear all things uh NFL talk on ESPN. And maybe one of the greatest minds that we have when we talk football in Mina Kimes of ESPN. And she's going to specifically address not just the problem when it comes to Eric Bieniemy who is again offensive coordinator of the Chiefs about to take a lateral if da- a downgrade job to the Washington Commanders most likely. But also you don't have to use most likely. It's it's a downgrade. We're it's talking a downgrade. about
3: a commander's team that was eight and eight. Yeah. And we're talking about a Chiefs team that
0: uh just got drunk at their yeah. Super Bowl parade. They're yesterday. still drunk. They're still drunk still right drunk. now. Still drunk, still high on life. Maybe that's why Eric Bienemy's not a quote unquote good interview. Maybe <laughs> because he keeps celebrating Super Bowls, he's drunk <laughs> in these things. I don't know. Look, Mina Kimes right here talking about not just the issue with Eric Bienemy, but the overall issue with the NFL's hiring practices.
3: Mina, five head coaches hired, only one of them black, that's D'Amico Ryans. What does that say about the situation in the league with the lack of diversity at these coaching positions?
4: You know that it's a massive problem and doesn't appear to be getting any better. I mean, we've been doing NFL Live together for a few years now, and every offseason we seem to be having the same conversation. Mm. Every offseason there are new stories like this or there's new studies substantiating the fact that this is a systemic issue in the nfl most recently i would point people to a terrific series that the washington post did where they looked at three decades of hiring data and in that data they found that black head coaches were more likely to spend time as mid-level assistants nine years longer than their white counterparts before being given opportunities they were less likely to be given the benefit of the doubt When it comes to hiring and inexperience, there's never been a black head coach hired without NFL experience, numerous examples of white head coaches, they're more likely to become interim coaches, but then less likely to be given opportunities from there. I mean, I could go on and on. It's been about a year since Brian Flores filed his class action lawsuit against the NFL, alleging discriminatory practices, and the prevailing sentiment around the league is that nothing has changed the prevailing sentiment i encounter in conversations with black coaches at all levels is feeling discouraged. So while we talk about Bienaime, we should talk about him because he is a glaring example here. He is the face of a much larger and insidious problem in the NFL.
0: Very well put by Mina Kimes and as she spoke about Brian Flores and his lawsuit that he has against the league, another another uh tidbit I pulled from this the ringer article and if you haven't read it, Roger Sherman put out an article on the ringer about Eric Bieniemy now being passed up in the head coaching carousel in the NFL. Really good thorough article and it points out a lot of major facts. And here's one stone. Only 2 of the 16 jobs, remember, Eric Bieniemy in the past 5 years has interviewed for 16 head coaching vacancies. He's gotten zero of those jobs. Only 2 of those 16 jobs he interviewed for went to other black coaches. So 2 of those 16 jobs Went to black coaches. Okay, that's a decent rate, right? At least it's not like they're not hiring him because he's black. Well, one of those head coaches that was hired was Brian Flores, who actively has a lawsuit against the NFL accusing them of racial discrimination. Two coaches that they hired of the 16 openings that Eric Bieniemy interviewed for, black men were hired. And one of them, Brian Flores, has an active lawsuit, and the other one was probably one of the Texans head coaches that got fired the year after. Yeah, I was hoping it wasn't Mike McDaniels for being w- <clears throat> for being mixed. You know what? I wonder if they're counting Mike McDaniel in that one or not. It's a good question, but I hear what you're saying. But I do feel like Eric Biennemi was interviewing for the Texans head coaching job back when David Cully got it. There's I no think doubt. That's the one they're counting right there. So again, this is it's hard to overstate how big of a problem this is, and it's also hard to not bring race into it. And I know a lot of people, it's tough. It's a hard conversation for a lot of people to have because especially when you hear the black man on radio talking about it. Oh, here he goes. He's crying about race. Oh, it's a black thing. Even if it's not a black thing, let's just make it an Eric B. thing. How far are we going to keep moving these goalposts before this dude gets a job? Because now what I can see happening is as he inches closer and closer to this job with the Washington Commanders, he has Sam Howell as his quarterback. He has Ron Rivera as his head coach. He has Daniel Snyder as his big boss. It's a terrible franchise, and it has been for the past 20, 25 years. They can't get anything right, whether it be the field or, damn it, saluting Sean Taylor the right way. That franchise has gotten everything wrong. Now he's having to creep down to the basement of the NFL to get a job just so he can be a play caller so they can't say he's not getting a job because he doesn't call plays. And if he has any kind of modicum of failure there... That's going to be the new reason why Eric Bieniemy can't have a head coaching job.
3: Yeah, I'm hoping that his master plan is to let Ron Rivera fail and then get, and then the, get the in-house chat. promotion yes. to become the commander's head coach. And if that's the case, kudos to you, Eric, yeah. for us not knowing that. Of course, like I said, we don't sit in these meetings. We don't know what goes on at this roundtable when they're figuring out what this guy's made for, if he's a fit and whatnot. But I think what interests me the most about all of this, been around, can't say a lot, right, because there are a lot of people out there who have experienced more football minds than I have, but a lot of guys that I've encountered and have been coached by are really heady, really good X's and O's guys, but they're not the guy you want to bring to a bar. They're not the guy you want to bring to a salesman. They just don't have that social side of them. That works for a lot of people that you want to be the face of your franchise. So does he need to adopt this Mike McDaniel blueprint? Like I know football (laughs) through and through like, Almost to the point where it's photographic in my mind. I'm one of the best football minds in all of the league. Eric Bannemi is undoubtedly one of the best football minds. We just went crazy about some of these goal line schemes that we oh saw Eric Bannemi do. right? Corndog. That,
0: that's what he has. Two wide open touchdowns he scripted up in the Super Bowl within less than an hour of each other. So we know how deep Eric's bag is. Ugh. But does he have to adopt the Mike McDaniel
3: blueprint where you have to be corky? Because Mike McDaniel, he doesn't get me riled up. He's a
0: personality.
3: In a pregame speech, he doesn't make me want to run through a wall. Yeah. But his players trust that what he puts on the chalkboard, on the dry erase board now in 2023 and on tape, (laughs) they trust that that carries more weight than how he gets us going motivationally. And at the end of the day, these are a bunch of grown-ass men. So you don't need to take the Dan Campbell approach. We saw Cliff Kingsbury obviously didn't work out for him, but he was a hands-off guy. Like He was able to be really good on the X's and O's side and kind of step back and let his guys go to work. So if Eric bien is not selling that, that may be his fault. A lot of questions are raised. Like, does he have to be quirky, be a personality? Maybe he just doesn't have any of that stuff.
0: Maybe he should fail his introductory press conference like Nick Sirianni did. Oh, my goodness. That might help. It's a great call. I mean, it's like maybe he should do the Adam Gase thing where when they're asking you questions, your eyes are shooting all over the place. Like, that might help. And that's my... Because it's... And you're right, Stone, but this is the thing. These are the questions that get raised on Twitter every time we talk about this. These are the questions that I'm sure get raised within the NFL's front offices all the time. Like, if if 15 different franchises got him in the door for a head coaching interview and all 15 of them declined, then at some point... I mean, it's either one of two things. Either the guy sucks or the NFL is more racist than I even thought they could be. Those are the only two options. I don't understand how it could be anything other than that. Maybe Aaron Ladd, when he comes on, can help us with that. Uh, we talked about the highest of all football minds, maybe, and Mina Kimes of ESPN giving her take on it. How about we got go to a guy that, who we didn't know of until today? <laughs> no, no, no shade to the guy, but Craig Carton. Craig Carton on Twitter. He has the Carton Show, at the Carton Show, and here's his take on the potential. Again, this is the tweet from Ian Rapaport saying Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs' offensive coordinator, has mutual interest with the Commanders, likely to be made official today. Eric Bieniemy taking the job with the Commanders. Here is Craig Carton on the Carton Show on his take
5: enemy uh, was interviewed by the Washington Commandos to be their new offensive coordinator. <laughs> commandos? The interview went very, very well. Uh-huh. He's going back again today for a second interview. And those that seem to follow this sort of thing uh, believe that he will be offered the job to be their new offensive coordinator. Now, huh. this is a dysfunctional franchise that doesn't really have a quarterback unless you think Howell is uh, the heir apparent to uh, Joe Theismann. And... You're going to leave a situation with the greatest quarterback on the planet where you make seven figures and where you work alongside Andy Reid to go to Washington, not to be a head coach, but to be an offensive coordinator, which you already are? Can you please
0: explain this to me? So, and the one thing, here's for those wondering, like, why would he do it? Why would he do it? The one thing that anybody can point to is, when he goes to the commanders, he will have full play calling responsibilities and nobody can short him on that. So that's the one thing. And also, he'll, he'll, he'll not have Patrick Mahomes, who, again, greatest talent we've seen at quarterback, does magical things with the ball that we haven't seen a guy be able to do. And so, it's you know, Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to shade any guys, but Mahomes is different. So a lot of people can look at what Eric Bieniemy did with Mahomes, who he's had Patrick Mahomes all five years. As an offensive coordinator, and say, well, yeah, it's easy to be OC when you got Mahomes. So it feels like a bit of a prove it move. But again, when have we ever had to see an offensive coordinator make a prove it move and move laterally like this ever in the NFL? And who are you trying to prove it to? Is another question that needs to be answered. I
3: don't know. Because you're making $5 million. You're beloved by the Chiefs' kingdom. Come on. Like, you eat for free, you drink for free. You're going to contend for Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. I mean, Vegas—they just opened the odds for 2024 Super Bowl. They're plus 600. That's mm. a ridiculous that's number in February, plus 600
0: to go back to back. It's so hard to repeat in the NFL. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Crazy.
3: So to even have a line under 10 to one is just astronomical yeah. in itself. But and you want to go to a team that's odds aren't even presented on sports books <laughs> that a quarterback who. We saw beat the Dallas Cowboys in a game that didn't even matter. So I don't know who you're trying to prove it to. I think it would only take Andy Reid saying, listen, I don't have as much responsibility in the play calling as you think. Or even to be paired up with Andy is a compliment in itself. Yeah. Saying that we're the nastiest duo when it comes to play calling in the entire National Football League. So I asked the question... Who the hell is Eric bien trying to prove anything to at this point? He's the best in the game. He's at the pinnacle of his career when yeah. it comes to calling plays and dialing it up in certain situations. I mean, they were outgunned. They were outnumbered in the Super Bowl. Who had the answers? That Chiefs offense had the answers. I mean, the Eagles scored 35 points. It was the most the team scored in a Super Bowl loss. Yeah. How do you lose that game? It's because the other team's offense scores more points than you. We saw Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl parade. See that we again had the best offense in the National Football League this year. Shouts to Mr. Eric Bieniemy and nobody else. Maybe a little bit of Andy Reid, but Eric Bieniemy is the one who has his hands on the joysticks and his finger on the trigger.
0: Sean McVay has gotten four assistants hired already as head coach. Bill Belichick, I think the number is eleven or twelve or so. Andy Reid himself has gotten multiple head coaches hired in this league, and Eric Bienemy, working for again a future Hall of Fame coach, is having to take another. Offensive coordinator job. And maybe, hopefully this is a leverage play, Stone. We haven't ruled this out. Maybe this is a leverage play by Eric Bieniemy to get a raise with the Chiefs. Or, like you hinted towards, maybe Eric Bieniemy is doing this because he knows Ron Rivera's on the hot seat. This guy is on his way out of town. Maybe that's what the commanders are having these meetings with Eric Bieniemy about right now is, look, we're bringing you in as OC right now. You'll get play-calling duties. Six, seven games in when we're one and six because Sam Howell can't throw the football right. We're going to... Hire Ron Rivera, let you take over, we'll draft the quarterback in the offseason, here's your franchise. Maybe. Are we missing the bigger picture here? Is Derek Carr going to come be the
3: quarterback for the Washington Commanders? Well, that wouldn't be a very big picture. Like, do they?
0: <laughs> that's not the bigger picture. Well,
3: uh, it's huge compared it's to Sam Howell, Sam Howell yes, yes. right now. So maybe there's something else in play. Maybe Eric's like, hey, I need to bring in a quarterback if you guys want to hire me. So yep. maybe that's something on the back. And again, stuff that a casual doesn't know. And it's guys like me and you, it's our job to figure that out and have those answers for everybody and to halt people because why isn't he a head coach? Like we have to raise all of these questions. Yeah. But again, what I keep going back to, and and you alluded to it earlier, how bad could it be? I mean, how many embarrassments are we going to have to go through at the head coaching position in the NFL? For this guy to get hired. That's crazy. You hinted at Nick Sirianni. I mean, that introductory press conference was called for firing the guy. <laughs> yes. Like, this guy can't speak to the media, but he's going to lead our franchise to a Super Bowl. Oh, guess what? He did. So, right, we're off the Nick Sirianni. Yeah. We're off of that train. Yeah. But then there's guys like Urban Meyer. And uh, names we've already named. Joe Judge. Fra- Frank Reich. Joe Judge. All <sighs> these guys. Like, Nathaniel Hackett. We, we, we deem this, Patricia. aside from... All, all the other sports, because in the NBA, we're going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets being the biggest failure, but the Denver Broncos being the third, fourth shortest odds to win the Super Bowl before the season with Nathaniel Hackett, and him not even making it through the season, oh my god. Eric Benjamin I mean,
0: cannot, it is almost impossible to do a worse job than that. And look at the Carolina Panthers, too. Oh, my God. Hiring Frank Reich, a guy that also got the boot in the middle of the season for an NFL analyst. For Jeff Saturday, who came out of the ESPN booth to coach the Colts because the Colts had enough of Frank Reich. And you know what the Panthers did? They raised their head. this People, had, well, Theo, how could you leave your team? How could you? That's your team. It's your franchise. You need to be committed to the, you need I ain't got no damn loyalty to them cardiac cats. Them dudes suck. And you skipped over Matt Rule, too. Oh, Matt Rule was a terrible hire. Which was hard to do. Though. That was a terrible hire. And Matt Rule hired in the same offseason where Eric Bieniemy was looking for a job as well. <laughs> And they asked me, how do you leave the Carolina? How could you ever turn your back on your favorite team, Theo? Well, they gave me more than enough reasons why. We're going to give you more reasons why we think the enemy stuff is uh, it, it's not just because sketchy is the wrong word. Sketchy is too, too liberal of a word. It, it's downright an embarrassment for the NFL. It's an embarrassment for the NFL. Never an embarrassment for anyone who gets to get themselves involved with is Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and you need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealthnet slash ortho. What a way to start the Friday off. I want it to be all, all sunshine and bright rays, but it, it's tough on a day like today when I'm losing my offensive coordinator so he can go and be an offensive coordinator for a worse franchise. It doesn't make sense. Uh, We're going to get more on this as well as we have Aaron Ladd from Action 41 News who covers the Kansas City Chiefs. He covered the championship parade. He delivered you. Don't forget, Aaron Ladd is the one that delivered both Patrick Mahomes senior uh, videos with him talking about what he was smoking on um, after the Chiefs winning the AFC championship and the Super Bowl. We'll play those when we come back and tee up Aaron Ladd. So maybe he can answer some of these questions. Why the hell is Eric bien leaving? I'm sick. Ken LaVecca Live on ESPN 1063.
2: Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what rebuilding means. And our rebuilding year, we're world champs. We're world champs.
1: Now, back to Ken LaVecca Live on ESPN 1063.
0: Man, I can't tell you, Stone. I can't tell you. Every time I hear. Not just that, but so many clips from that World Championship Parade in Kansas City. Wednesday afternoon, popping champagne. I I, I missed it, Stone. I I could have been there. I, I think it's... it's the
3: word I'm looking for? I, I think it's mandatory that these guys get drunk at these parades. Oh, man, yeah. Like, there's not a single player. One of the players got wheelchaired out of there. <laughs> so buying a whole squad of EMTs. Yeah. well What? Like, just so jealous watching that, but, like, it comes with waking up that morning. Like, you tell the wife and your kids, hey, I'm sorry, today's about to be really messy. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly, but... Oh, my God. I mean, we're locked in, right? This is how I make these M's. Have
0: you seen Patrick Mahomes Jr. ever look more like Patrick Mahomes Sr. (laughs) than at that parade? No shot. I was even talking to Ashley, my fiance, about this, and she was like... Like, Pat Mahomes is looking a little, He's, he's sounding a little, uh, sound like a brother today. <laughs> Sounded like a, a guy. I said, I, look, he done had a, a few champagne toasts. He's got some beers in him, a couple shots of tequila maybe. Like, he's, he's a little loose right now.
3: Yeah, he, in the picture with that he had with his wife, Brittany, at Disney World, I mean, he looked rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he looked like he wore the same outfit that he did from the night before. <laughs> he, and he says, like, we can't knock him for it. Like, this is how it goes. Maybe he was late. Maybe Brittany had to wake him up. But I do want to speak on this Travis Kelsey crowd. Yeah. The whole Travis Kelsey's annoying crowd.
0: Who's the, Is he annoying? Oh,
3: du- dude. Oh, ho oh, oh. ho! This crowd, this is 80% of the public that wow. think that thinks this guy's annoying. Ken Levicka being one of them. Our very own Brian Rhodes was dogging him yesterday to me. And it's all I see over my Twitter, my Instagram timeline, that this guy is not who he thinks he is and he's annoying. Let me tell you something. Well, let me propose something because I don't speak. From experience. But nobody out there calling this guy annoying has a damn clue how he feels, what he goes through, and can experience the life that he's living right now. He's a rock star. Oh my goodness, he is. I mean, he's the best tight end in the league. His name is in the conversation with Rob Gronkowski right now. Guys like Tony Gonzalez, like it's in there right now. This cat's not even 30 years old. God forbid he has a little bit of fun. God forbid he drops some Beastie Boys quotes. I thought he was like 32. I have no idea he's how old 32. Travis Kelsey is. God, he's like God forbid he drops some of the rock WWE stuff. He's annoying? Well, you know what? You think he's annoying out of. Pure jealousy. I was just about to... St- thank you, Stone. Out of thank pure you. jealousy.
0: Same thing that Ken did when Joe Burrow was on the uptick. Yeah! Same thing Ken LeVica did. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know everybody... Because people call in here. They love Ken Levicka. This is a show. I'm so sorry, Ken. Hey, he's on his way back right now from Middle Tennessee. Um, he was covering the FAU men's basketball team. That's why I'm in. That's why it's a big Teddy takeover. Theo Dorsey here. Uh, so, all respects to Ken. But he's hating right now. Him and Brian McLevin rowitz are hating on Travis Kelsey... For the pure fact that Travis Kelsey is getting the cool points right now. He's the in-style white guy. And white guys are hating. Why
3: are y'all hating? I mean, it makes no sense. Y'all, we don't live that life. Come on. We don't know what it's like. And
0: he just won a Super Bowl. He
3: just won a Super Bowl.
0: And do we have the audio from, from uh what was that, Jimmy Kimmel? Do we have it. Yeah, it was Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. You know, get, get your get your late night Kimmel, talk show guys Fallon, names. Cole, like it's just a bunch of dudes. But whatever, they all look the same, sound the same. Wow, yeah. wow, yeah, they got the same names. Wow, was that bad? They all. Yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty horrible. Am I actually. gonna get in trouble. They all look the same. Well, can we at least play his clip then? When <laughs> yes. Travis Kelsey made the him, big him, big him a love. This is this announcement is maybe bigger than. I mean, I might even say it's up there contending with winning a Super Bowl. What Travis Kelsey is being put on the platform to do. Listen, listen to this from uh, Jimmy Fallon, right? Fallon? That's NBC guy? <laughs> it's Jimmy Fallon.
5: We have a big announcement that you're going to announce here on the show tonight. I'm very excited about this. You're going to be back in our building in a few weeks. Can you say why you're coming yeah, back? Yeah, for sure. I mean, growing up, um, I was a huge, like, Farley, uh, Farrell, Fallon um, kind of guy <laughs> growing up. And... Um, yeah, I used to watch Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live with my mother. And um, it's a, it's an absolute honor and, uh, and a privilege to be uh, hosting SNL March 4th. Come on, man! Come on, bro. Yes! It's going to be great!
0: That's it. It's going to be... We can cut it there. Travis Kelsey, Chiefs tight end, two-time Super Bowl champ, One of the greatest titans to ever live will be hosting SNL. Will you be watching Stone the
3: I will be watching And you said this is just as big of an accomplishment as winning a Super Bowl. That's correct to some. Yeah. I'm forced to watch a lot of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. (laughs) We know that Kim Kardashian hosted SNL, and she spoke about this was the biggest accomplishment of her entire life. It's huge. Like, this is what she set out to do. This is your stamp that I've officially made it. But go check the replies thread to that tweet. (laughs) Go check the replies thread. Nobody wants this guy. The general public, nobody wants this guy to do Saturday Night Live. He's going to get bashed for doing it. Yeah. God forbid.
0: He is. Um, We're about to have Aaron Ladd on from Action 41. Do we have time to listen to one of these viral clips? Let's pick one then. Let's just listen to one of them. Aaron Ladd uh, has been made even more famous uh, because of his interviews with Patrick Mahomes Sr. after Patrick Mahomes Jr. has won big games in these playoffs. AFC Championship, he did Joe Burrow. And then after the Super Bowl, Aaron Ladd caught up with Patrick Mahomes Sr., who had this to say following the big win.
6: Hey, it
2: was Joe Burrow last week. It's Philly this week. Philly blunts.
0: (laughs) Saying he was smoking them Philly blunts. The man that elicited so much uh, social media interaction, Aaron Ladd from Forty-one news out there in Kansas City. Going to be in after the break. We're talking more Chiefs. He's Stone bandwidth. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is Ken Levick alive on ESPN
2: 106.3. Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'll be honest with you I don't know what rebuilding means. And our rebuilding year, we're world champs. We're world champs.
1: Now to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3.
0: Man, I, I can't tell you, Stone. I can't tell you. Every time I hear, not just that, but so many clips from that World Championship Parade in Kansas City, Wednesday afternoon, popping champagne. I I, I missed it, Stone. I, I could have been there. I,
3: I think it's the word I'm looking for. I, I think it's mandatory that these guys get drunk at these parades. Oh, man, yeah. Like, there's not a single player. One of the players got wheelchaired out of there. <laughs> so buying a whole squad of EMTs. Yeah. Well, like, just so jealous watching that. But, like, it comes with waking up that morning. Like, you tell the wife and your kids, hey, I'm sorry. Today's about to be really messy. It's
0: going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. Oh, but, my
3: God. I mean, we're locked in, right? This is how I make these
0: M's. Have you seen Patrick Mahomes Jr.? Ever look more like Patrick Mahomes Sr. <laughs> than at that parade. No like, shot. I was even talking to Ashley, my fiance, about this. And she was like, "Like Pat Mahomes is looking a little, he's, he's sounding a little, uh, Sound like a brother today. <laughs> sounding like a, a guy. I said, <laughs> I, look. He done had a, a few champagne toasts. He's got some beers in him, a couple shots of tequila, maybe. Like, he's he's a little loose right now.
3: Yeah, he, in the picture with that he had with his wife, Brittany, at Disney World, I mean, he looked rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he looked like he wore the same outfit that he did from the night before. <laughs> he, and he says so we can't knock him for it. Like, this is how it goes. Maybe he was late. Maybe Brittany had to wake him up. But I do want to speak on this Travis Kelsey crowd. Yeah. The whole Travis Kelsey's annoying crowd. Who's
0: the, is he annoying? Uh,
3: is du- he? Dude. D- oh whoa, oh, oh. whoa. This crowd, this is 80% of the public that that thinks this guy's annoying. Ken Levicka being one of them. Our very own Brian Roetz was dogging him yesterday to me. And it's all I see over my Twitter, my Instagram timeline, that this guy is not who he thinks he is and he's annoying. Let me tell you something. Let me propose something because I don't speak from experience. (laughs) But nobody out there calling this guy annoying has a damn clue how he feels, what he goes through, and... Can experience the life that he's living right now he's a rock star oh my goodness he is i mean he he's is. the best tight end in the league His name is in the conversation with rob gronkowski right now guys like tony gonzalez like it's in there right yeah. now this cat's not even 30 years old god forbid he has a little bit of fun god forbid he drops some beastie boys quotes i thought he was like 32 i have no idea how old travis kelsey is god, he's like god forbid he drops some of the rock wwe stuff he's annoying oh well, you know what you think he's annoying out of pure jealousy. I
0: was just about to... Thank you, Stone. Out of thank pure you. jealousy. Same thing that Ken did when Joe Burrow was on the uptick. Yeah! Same thing Ken Levica did. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know everybody... Because people call in here. They love Ken LeVica. This is a show. I'm so sorry, Ken. Hey, he's on his way back right now from Middle Tennessee. Um, he was covering the FAU men's basketball team. That's why I'm in. That's why it's a big Teddy takeover. Theo Dorsey here. Uh, so, all respects to Ken. But he's hating right now. Him and Brian McLevin rowitz are hating on Travis Kelsey... For the pure fact that Travis Kelsey is getting the cool points right now. He's the in-style white guy. And white guys are hating. Why are y'all hating? I mean, it makes no sense. Y'all,
3: we don't live that life.
0: Come on. We don't know what it's like. And he just won a Super Bowl. He just won a Super Bowl. And do we have the audio from, from uh what was that, Jimmy Kimmel? Do we have it? Yeah, it was Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. You know, get, get your get your late night Camel, talk show guys' Fallon, names. Cole, like it's just a bunch of dudes. But whatever, they all look the same, sound the same. Wow, yeah. wow, yeah, they got the same names.
3: Wow,
0: was that bad? They all, yeah. Well, I mean, it was pretty horrible. Am I going to get in trouble? They all look the same. What? Can we at least play his clip then? with <laughs> yes. Travis Kelsey made the him a love, big him love. This is this announcement is maybe bigger than. I mean, I might even say it's up there contending with winning a Super Bowl. What Travis Kelsey? is being put on the platform to do. Listen, listen to this from uh, Jimmy Fallon, right? Fallon? That's the NBC guy? <laughs> it's Jimmy
5: Fallon. We have a big announcement that you are going to announce here on the show tonight. I'm very excited about this. You're going to be back in our building in a few weeks. Can you say why you're coming yeah, back? Yeah, for sure. I mean, growing up, um, I was a huge, like, Farley, uh, Farrell, Fallon um, kind of guy growing up. And... Um, yeah, I used to watch Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live with my mother, and um, it's, a, it's an absolute honor and, uh, and a privilege to be uh, hosting SNL March 4th. Come on, man! Come on, bro. Yes!
6: It's going
0: to be great! That's it. We can cut it there. Travis Kelsey, Chiefs tight end, two-time Super Bowl champ, one of the greatest titans to ever live will be hosting SNL. Will you be watching Stone the I
3: will be watching it. And you said this is just as big of an accomplishment as winning a Super Bowl. That's correct to some. Yeah. I'm forced to watch a lot of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. We know that Kim Kardashian hosted SNL, and she spoke about This was the biggest accompli- accomplishment of her entire life. It's huge. Like, this is what she set out to do. This is your stamp that I've officially made it. But go check the replies thread to that tweet. <laughs> Go check the replies thread. Nobody hey, hey. wants this guy. The general public, nobody wants this guy to do Saturday Night Live. And he's going to get bashed for doing it. Yeah.
0: God forbid. He, he is. Um, we're about to have Aaron Ladd on from Action 41. Do we have time to listen to one of these viral clips? Let's pick one then. Let's just listen to one of them. Aaron Ladd uh, has been made even more famous uh, because of his interviews with Patrick Mahomes Sr. after Patrick Mahomes Jr. has won big games in these playoffs. AFC Championship, he did, Joe Burrow. And then after the Super Bowl, Aaron Ladd caught up with Patrick Mahomes Sr., who had this to say following the big win.
2: Hey, it was Joe Burrow last week. <laughs> you know Wait, it's Philly this week. Philly blunts.
0: <laughs> Saying he was smoking them Philly blunts. The man that elicited so much uh social media interaction, Aaron Ladd from 41 News out there in Kansas City going to be in after the break. We're talking more Chiefs. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3.
2: You got a cigar on your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Barrow. You smoking on the Joe Barrow? I'm smoking on
5: the Joe Barrow. How's it know? feel to be headed back to Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my big boy did what he always do. You know, he's going to show up and, and show out.
1: Now, back to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3.
0: It's a big Teddy takeover. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29 here on Ken LaVica Live. The voice you just heard there, well, it was two voices, after the AFC Championship at Arrowhead Stadium, that was Patrick Mahomes Sr. letting us know what was uh, in that cigar he was puffing on following the Chiefs victory over the Bengals. And the man asking the questions was Aaron Ladd of 41 News out in Kansas City and Aaron Ladd joins Ken Lavicka live right now. First off, Aaron, dog, how how much how often are you asked about how Patrick Mahomes Sr. is and how different that is from what we get from Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, on a daily basis. Because it it feels like the the dichotomy of a man, you know? Like, what what are we getting here between father and son with the Mahomeses?
7: My goodness, Theo. First and foremost, appreciate you having me on. This is... uh... This is great. Seems like you're very comfortable out there. You, this is great. You look good, sound good, all that good appreciate. stuff.
3: Appreciate it, Aaron. We hate him. <laughs> all right, Aaron. We hate him.
0: They do hate me here, so I appreciate that vote of confidence. That'll give me some more points. Maybe <laughs> next time I'm at the negotiation table, maybe a couple more commas. Thank you, Aaron. Let.
7: Hey, the the Pat Mahomes senior thing is funny. It's, it's grown a life of its own. I just got back for the parade, obviously, and. It was, it was a lot of Joe Burrow in the air. Let's just, let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, you know, something was just recently legalized here in the Show Me State, so I think it was Joe mm. Burrow. If not Joe Burrow, it was, it was something else. But, uh, no, Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes uh, Sr., there was a cool NFL film. Of course, Inside the NFL does a great job with their mic'd up stuff. But I thought that was one of the coolest videos of, of them hugging right after the win. Um, out in out in Glendale and, and saying, you're different. You know, the, the league hasn't seen anything like you. I haven't seen anything like you. Like, this is, when we talk about Pat Mahomes senior. this is a professional athlete in his own right. Right. You know, he doesn't obviously have the same success as his son has reached, but he knows what it takes to compete at that level and obviously to win at this level. And, and what we've seen from, from the whole Mahomes family is it, it, before the age of 30, I can't say anybody's seen that before.
0: It is, it is unprecedented. Now, Aaron, I got to ask you, you've obviously, that wasn't your first time talking to Pat Mahomes Sr. When did you realize the, uh, the wealth of an interview that Pat Mahomes Sr. can be? Because I know when you came up to him after the AFC Conference uh, Championship game, you probably had a clue that it was going to like to go viral.
7: Yeah, you know, um, I, 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 the good part about being on the ground here that you do start to form relationships. You know what that's like. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? When you're around the team, as much as you are asking questions, You know they, they, they start to recognize you and recognize the face. So this was even my first time talking to Pat Mahomes Sr. You could tell after the AFC title game, maybe he had a few more libations. He
0: was comfortable.
7: He, had, <laughs> yeah, <maybe laughs> he
0: was loose.
3: He
7: he was motivated by some of the chatter leading up to that week because if you remember, it was a lot of Burrowhead talk and since mm. he had, it was coming off three straight against Kansas City. Um, You know, Eli Apple has spent a lot of time uh, on Twitter and saying things and that. So uh, Pat Mahomes Sr. was not the only chief that had some things to say after that win. And that translated to what happened after the Super Bowl, too, with with Juju getting getting a a Valentine's Day message.
3: Come on. Yeah, Aaron, I got to ask you how you feel about the Juju thing. I got another question for you, but, you know, you just hinted at Juju. Would you believe it if, if Theo Dorsey got on our airwaves yesterday? and just bashed Juju, said that he needs to mature, this guy needs to grow up, and he was dogging Juju. you feel the same way, or did you like the tweet?
7: I have to respectfully disagree oh. with, with the overall take. Now, well, well here's what i say. The, the tweet in itself, uh, and I said this on my platform as well, I have a Chiefs podcast that comes out every week. I, I, I just Shout said, out. What's hey, the name? It,
0: Give us the name of the Chiefs uh,
7: podcast. Uh, Chiefs Coast to Coast, we're on Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We just put out episode 45. Go check that, but Just to give you a glimpse of that, I I just said to the victor goes the spoils. You know, like the the Chiefs had, whether they felt like they were in a rebuilding year or not, or or the national media didn't give them enough respect, whatever, whatever. Uh, You know, what they did was extremely impressive. And and one of the toughest uh, current modern era of uh, of NFL, whatever you want to call it, they traded away one of the biggest superstars in the league, Tyreek had a career year down in Miami, and still with the reinvention or reshaping or remolding, whatever you want to call it, that's not rebuilding, Kansas City still found a way to, to win it all. And, and, and that was against a, a hell of a Philly team, too. Like that's, 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 that was a hell of a game. That was one of the best Super Bowls I think we, we, we've seen.
0: Definitely.
3: Yeah, one of the biggest you know, pushbacks I had on the outcry as you just tweet was, why are we holding any punches? Just imagine if the Philadelphia Eagles did beat this Chiefs team. Like, Juju would have caught in a hundred ricochets, a hundred strays, and they would have bashed him in in all their platforms. We know how bad Philly fans are. We're mad at this cat for giving them a taste of their own medicine. No shot here. No shot here. So, love all that. Love all that, Aaron.
0: One thing I will push back on, Aaron, and and maybe you can give me some here, is, like, I feel like James Bradbury took accountability for it. He didn't act like a sore loser in the locker room. That was why I didn't like Juju plastering his face on it. Now, if he had teased the Philly fans and said something about them not being able to climb streetlights or or, you know, whatever, then I'm cool <laughs> with it. But he went after the dude, James Bradbury, who, yes, committed the penalty, but then also owned up to it. It felt kind of low. Uh,
7: we're acting like it was malicious intent, though. It it was kind of harmless. It was a Valentine's Day low beam. The day before the parade. There, there have been much, much worse things said. And
6: I, I, I.
7: We'll it, it Twitter. We'll yeah, it I don't. I don't put. I, I don't put a lot on Twitter. You, you, if you follow me on Twitter, you, you, <laughs> you know that people. People. Uh, people put a little too much stock in that. In my opinion.
0: Aaron Ladd from Channel 41 News in Kansas City, uh, Chiefs guy. Well, I won't say Chiefs guy. You cover the Chiefs out there in Missouri and Kansas. Can you first clear something up on the airwaves here? People like to knock me. I was born in Overland Park. All right. I'm a Kansas native and I'm a Chiefs mm. fan. Can can you let them know it's my birthright as a person who was born in Overland Park, lived in Kansas City, Kansas. My parents worked in Kansas City, Missouri. It's all the same thing, baby. Like, that's my hometown team.
7: Ooh. You know, I, I don't think I'm at liberty to speak on that. See, I, I had to. I had to When I first got into town, I had to get my card checked because that Missouri-Kansas state line uh. drama, they're legit about that. Yeah. You know, KCK has its own... Affiliations and and people who rock with that side and the Missouri side is, is, has got its own thing. It's down to the barbecue. It's down to the music. It's down to everything. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm from Atlanta originally.
0: <laughs> Atlanta originally. <laughs> <laughs> That's like somebody from Dunwoody talking about yo. I'm from I'm from the A. I'm from the A yeah. man. Look.
7: Y'all know how Amaretta feels about that though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we won't look. We won't get into that. We won't get into that, Aaron. I, I want to ask you now. Let's let's take it serious because today I, I saw a striking tweet from Ian Rapoport, and You know where I'm about to go with this one. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, past five years, interviewed for 16 different jobs, 15 different franchises. We know the whole backstory. How can this not at this point give me the argument against this being a thing about race with Eric Bieniemy? Because I can't find any other excuse. Other than the fact that some of these NFL franchises don't feel comfortable hiring him, because the goalposts keep getting moved. What what is it with Eric Bieniemy, and why would he be taking this commander's job?
7: Yeah, we're watching the goalposts be move right now. It, it, he went from not being able to interview well, but oh, it's the OC job, so he interviews just fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring we'll bring him right <laughs> on in, and it's all it's not for a, it's not for a Chiefs style offense either. Like, let's be honest with this. With what this commander's job really is. This is a fix-it job. This is a prove-it deal if you want to compare it to what athletes have to take at certain times. Uh, man, this is is disheartening, to be honest with you, because Eric B. has had to kind of be the poster boy for this problem, this problem that Brian Flores kind of was in the news cycle for this time around last year, and he used Eric Biennemi's name in that lawsuit mm. as a prime example of, uh, you know, other assistants getting jobs and getting second jobs before Eric Biennemi gets a, even an interview. I don't know. I, I, I do think that uh, Andy Reid has tried his, his darndest and that's not just an Andy Reid thing. It's the chiefs organization thing. Uh, Clark Hunt and, and some of the guys, the owners going to bat for, for Eric Bienemy. maybe, and and some people here in K C will say, Oh, that's beneficial for them so that they can continue to turn over and whatever, but it still it still matters. When Andy Reid gets on the Super Bowl podium after the win and says Eric Bienamy was the guy who was pulling the strings down the stretch uh that helped us win this win this game, he means that. And and we need to give that more credit than we do some fake news articles that get flubbed about him not being the the main play caller. I, it just the narrative at this point has overtaken the facts. We yeah. don't even know what the facts are. And maybe when he gets to, to Washington and cooks up something nice, then we can just, it's, it's undeniable. You know, you know what I'm saying?
3: Aaron, we're in the industry of trying to get people answers. So, one, have you had conversations with Eric Bannermy? Do you know what his personality like? Do you think that's part of the problem here? That when he goes in these interviews, like they don't deem him as a leader of men? Does he not have the quirky personality like a guy like Mike McDaniel does? Like, Can he fit the mold of what we're looking for in today's day and age?
7: Man, come on. I mean, are we still debating his resume at this point in time? Are we still asking? Well, why are we still having this conversation of can he lead men? The, the fact that we're even there is, right. is, is frustrating his very own. Yes, I've been around Eric and me, and, um, I do believe he has a, a, a very, I mean, the NFL is very militaristic in nature just because of the organization and the shield and all that. And I believe he fits very well into that role as somebody who has been a player not only in the league, but who had come up and risen up through the coaching ranks and now won multiple Super Bowls, he understands how to win. I mean, (laughs) that's what this all comes down to, right? Do you need to have a quirky personality and be able to win the press conference? I don't know if that necessarily matters, Uh, especially without giving giving an opportunity. And we've seen coaches with far less resume given an opportunity and fail before this guy even gets a shot. So that's why we go back to race, right?
0: It's got to be something. Somebody's got to give me an answer, and I think yours sums it up the best. Either it's race or it's like, I mean, what What, what, what does he have something on these guys that they don't want him to get out? I, I can't <laughs> get to the bottom of it, but it is frustrating. And as a Chiefs fan, I love him coming back to Kansas City year after year, but I would also love to him for him to get a, uh, a head coaching job somewhere in the NFL. Aaron, I got to ask you before we do uh, let you go here, the Chiefs off season now, it looks brighter than ever. All of the draft picks, you got guys that you can bring back and like Juju and whatnot, some of those one-year guys. But also, I feel like there's going to be a lot of continuity with this team. And then all of the rookies that panned out during this playoff stretch, especially on the defensive side of the ball. What is the one area of emphasis that the Chiefs are going to attack here with the picks or maybe in free agency to shore up a team that's already the odds on favorite to repeat as Super Bowl champions?
7: Yeah, I think the one big question mark around the Chiefs entering this upcoming offseason is the same as it was last offseason, and that's the future of tackle Orlando Brown. What, what is what are you going to do with Patrick Mahomes' blindside? He wanted a new deal and extension last year. We saw the dollar figures that he was asking for, and we saw a reported uh, a reported offer from Kansas City, and those were two different places. So he ended up tagged, showed up late to camp. They ended up getting on the same page. And if I were to tell you that Orlando Brown bet on himself that last offseason, it it paid off. Hmm. They won. They won the Super Bowl. And in that Super Bowl, going up against one of the most ferocious D-lines of all time, uh, they allowed zero sacks as they showed on their parade shirts uh, just the other day down grand here in Kansas City. So what what do you do with Orlando Brown? Do you, do you transition tag and give him the 20% bump, which puts him about 20 mil per year? Um, do you just go ahead and give him, the, give him the, the, the contract that he wants? I don't know. Kansas City... This is where it gets fun. Or Orlando Brown, Chris Jones, is going to be another guy that wants to get paid. That mm. that defensive line showed up when it mattered. Juju almost had a thousand yard season in his one year here. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch. But if I had one thing, it was it would be OBJ.
0: Before you go, you're a Southern guy. Kansas City barbecue. What's your thoughts? You've been there a couple of years now. Oh man, if I, if I have a
7: favorite right now, it's Joe's Oklahoma Joe's now, mm. Kansas City Joe's, but it, it, it's. It's the true the true mark of a good barbecue town is that you have multiple good options. There I you like go. Thirty nine. I like Gates. Um, I like um, Slaps up in up in um, up in Casey. So yeah, it, it, we've got a few good ones, and I will put Casey barbecue up there with Houston barbecue.
0: There we go. That's what I need to know. I've had both, and you're right. It's it's on par. Aaron Ladd, thanks so much for your time, dog. Congrats. Continue the the championship celebrations and whatever y'all move on to next after the Chiefs. And uh, we're looking forward to more Patrick Mahomes senior content, bro.
7: Oh, it's the draft. You know the NFL draft in KC this year. Oh, it's in KC. You got to pull up. You know what?
0: You know what? I'm about to see what I can do about that. I'm about to see what I can do. And if I do, we'll we'll get some barbecue. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Aaron Ladd, thanks for your time again, brother. Uh, Channel 41 News out of Kansas City. That was Aaron Ladd. You can follow him on Twitter at Ladd 0 Check out his podcast at Pride. Um, or Arrowhead Pride, excuse me, he has a podcast with Arrowhead Pride as well. Great work out of Kansas City. We got to go to break. We'll be back here on Ken Lavica Live. Next three.
2: Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'll be honest with you I don't know what rebuilding means. And our rebuilding year, we're world champs. We're world champs.
1: Now. Back to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063.
0: Man, I, I can't tell you, Stone. I can't tell you. Every time I hear, not just that, but so many clips from that World Championship Parade in Kansas City, Wednesday afternoon, popping champagne. I, I, I missed it, Stone. I, mi- I, I could have been there.
3: I, I think it's the word I'm looking for. I, I think it's mandatory that these guys get drunk at these parades. Oh, man, yeah. Like, there's not a single player. One of the players got wheelchaired out of there. <laughs> buying a whole squad of EMTs. Yeah. Well, like, just so jealous watching that, but, like, it comes with waking up that morning. Like, you tell the wife and your kids, hey, I'm sorry, today's about to be really
0: messy. It's gonna get ugly. It's gonna get ugly, oh, but... Oh,
3: my God. I mean, we're locked in, right? This is how I make
0: these M's. Have you seen Patrick Mahomes Jr.? ever look more like Patrick Mahomes senior <laughs> than at that parade no like, shot i was even talking to ashley my fiance about this and she was like she's like pat mahomes is looking a little he's, he's sounding a little uh sound like a brother today <laughs> sounding <laughs> like a, a guy i said <laughs> I, look he done had a, a few champagne toasts. He's got some beers in him, a couple shots of tequila, maybe. Like he's he's a little loose right now.
3: Yeah, he, in the picture with that he had with his wife Brittany at Disney World. I mean, he looked rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he looked like he wore the same outfit that he did from the night before. <laughs> he, and so he was, we can't knock him for it. Like this is how it goes. Maybe he was late. Maybe Brittany had to wake him up. But I do want to speak on this Travis Kelsey crowd. Yeah, the whole Travis Kelsey's annoying crowd.
0: Who's the, is he annoying?
3: Oh, is du- he? Dude, oh ho oh, oh. ho. This crowd, it. this is 80% of the public that wow. think that thinks this guy's annoying. Ken Levicka being one of them. Our very own Brian Rhodes was dogging him yesterday to me, and it's all I see over my Twitter, my Instagram timeline, that this guy is not who he thinks he is and he's annoying. Let me tell you something. Well, Let me propose something because I don't speak from experience. <laughs> but nobody out there calling this guy annoying has a damn clue how he feels, what he goes through, and can experience the life that he's living right now. He's a rock star. Oh my goodness, he is. I mean, he he's is. the best tight end in the league. His name is in the conversation with Rob Gronkowski right now. Guys like Tony Gonzalez. Like, it's in there right yeah. now. This cat's not even 30 years old. God forbid he has a little bit of fun. God forbid he drops some Beastie Boys quotes. I thought he was like 32. I have no idea he's how 32. old Travis Kelsey is. He's like 36. God forbid he drops some of the rock WWE stuff. He's annoying? Well, you know what? You think He's annoying. Out of pure
0: jealousy. I was just about to... Thank you, Stone. Out of thank pure you. jealousy. Same thing that Ken did when Joe Burrow was on the uptick. Yeah! Same thing Ken Levica did. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know everybody... Because people call in here. They love Ken Levica. This is a show. I'm so sorry, Ken. Hey, he's on his way back right now from Middle Tennessee. Um, he was covering the FAU men's basketball team. That's why I'm in. That's why it's a big Teddy takeover. Theo Dorsey here. Uh, so, all respects to Ken. But he's hating right now. Him and Brian McLovin-Rowitz are hating on Travis Kelsey... For the pure fact that Travis Kelsey is getting the cool points right now. He's the in style white guy. And white guys are hating. Why are y'all hating? I mean, it makes no sense. Y'all we don't live that life. Come on. We don't know what it's like. And he just won a Super Bowl. He just won a Super Bowl. And do we have the audio from from uh what was that Jimmy Kimmel? Do we have it. Yeah, it was Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. You know, get, get your get your late night Campbell, talk show guys Fallon, names. Cole, like it's just a bunch of dudes. But whatever, they all look the same, sound the same. Wow, yeah. wow, yeah, they got the same names. Wow, was that bad? They all. Yeah,
3: well, I mean, it was pretty horrible.
0: Am I actually. gonna get in trouble.
3: They all look the same.
0: Well, can we at least play his clip then? When <laughs> yes. Travis Kelsey made the him a love, big, him big him some love. This is this announcement is maybe bigger than. I mean, I might even say it's up there contending with winning a Super Bowl. What Travis Kelsey is being put on the platform to do. Listen, listen to this from uh, Jimmy Fallon, right? Fallon? That's the NBC guy? <laughs> it's
5: Jimmy Fallon. We have a big announcement that you're going to announce here on the show tonight. I'm very excited about this. You're going to be back in our building in a few weeks. Can you say why you're coming yeah, back? Yeah, for sure. I mean, growing up, um, I was a huge, like, Farley, uh, Farrell, Fallon um, kind of guy <laughs> growing up. And... Um, yeah, I used to watch Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live with my mother, and um, it's a it's an absolute honor and a, and a privilege to be uh, hosting SNL March fourth. Come on, Mike! Come on, bud! Yes, it's gonna be
6: great.
0: That's it. We can cut it there. Travis Kelsey, Chiefs tight end, two time Super Bowl champ. One of the greatest titans to ever live will be hosting SNL. Will you be watching Stone the Band-A-Wish?
3: I will be watching it. And you said this is just as big of an accomplishment as winning a Super Bowl. That's correct to some. Yeah. I'm forced to watch a lot of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> we know that Kim Kardashian hosted SNL, and she spoke about This was the biggest accompli- accomplishment of her entire life. It's huge. Like, this is what she set out to do. This is your stamp that I've officially made it. But go check the replies thread to that tweet. <laughs> Go check the replies thread. Nobody wants this guy. The general public, nobody wants this guy to do Saturday Night Live. He's going to get bashed for doing it.
0: Yeah. God forbid. He is. Um, We're about to have Aaron Ladd on from Action 41. Do we have time to listen to one of these viral clips? Let's pick one then. Let's just listen to one of them. Aaron Ladd uh, has been made even more famous uh, because of his interviews with Patrick Mahomes Sr. after Patrick Mahomes Jr. has won big games in these playoffs. AFC Championship he did, Joe Burrow. And then after the Super Bowl, Aaron Ladd caught up with Patrick Mahomes, Sr., who had this to say following the big win.
2: Hey, it was Joe Burrow last week. Do it, do it, do it. Wait, it's Philly this week. Philly blunts.
0: <laughs> Saying he was smoking them Philly blunts. The man that elicited so much uh, social media interaction, Aaron Ladd from 41 News, out there in Kansas City, going to be in after the break. We're talking more Chiefs. He's Stone the I'm Theo Dorsey. This is Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3.
2: Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't know what rebuilding means. And our rebuilding year, we're world champs! We're world champs!
1: Now, back to Ken LaVecca Live on ESPN 1063.
0: Man, I can't tell you, Stone. I can't tell you. Every time I hear, not just that. But so many clips from that World Championship parade in Kansas City Wednesday afternoon, popping champagne. I I, I missed it, Stone. I I could have been there. I, I think it's what's
3: the word I'm looking for? I, I think it's mandatory that these guys get drunk at these parades. Oh man, yeah. Like there's not a single player. One of the players got wheelchair out of there, <laughs> so, buying a whole squad of BMTs. Yeah. Well, Like, just so jealous watching that, but, like, it comes with waking up that morning. Like, you tell the wife and your kids, hey, I'm sorry, today's about to be really messy. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly, but... Oh, my God. I mean, we're locked in, right? This is how I make these M's.
0: Have you seen Patrick Mahomes Jr. ever look more like Patrick Mahomes Sr. (laughs) than at that parade? No shot. I was even talking to Ashley, my fiance, about this, and she was like... Like Pat Mahomes is looking a little. He's, he's sounding a little, uh, sounding like a brother today. <laughs> sounding like a, a guy. I said, I, look, he have had a, a few champagne toasts. He's got some beers in him. A couple shots of tequila, maybe. Like he's he's a little loose right now.
3: Yeah, he, in the picture with that he had with his wife Brittany at Disney World. I mean, he looked rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he looked like he wore the same outfit that he did from the night before. <laughs> he, and he so was, we can't knock him for it. Like, this is how it goes. Maybe he was late. Maybe Brittany had to wake him up. But I do want to speak on this Travis Kelsey crowd. Yeah. The whole Travis Kelsey's annoying crowd.
0: Who's, the, is he annoying?
3: Oh, is du- he? Dude. oh whoa, oh, oh. whoa. This crowd, this is 80% of the public wow. that think that thinks this guy's annoying. Ken Levicka being one of them. Our very own Brian Rhodes was dogging him yesterday to me. And it's all I see over my Twitter, my Instagram timeline, that this guy is not who he thinks he is and he's annoying. Let me tell you something. Well, let me propose something because I don't speak. From experience. But nobody out there calling this guy annoying has a damn clue how he feels, what he goes through, and can experience the life that he's living right now. He's a rock star. Oh my goodness, he is. I mean, he's the best tight end in the league. His name is in the conversation with Rob Gronkowski right now. Guys like Tony Gonzalez, like it's in there right now. This cat's not even 30 years old. God forbid he has a little bit of fun. God forbid he drops some Beastie Boys quotes. I thought he was like 32. I have no idea he's how old 32. Travis Kelsey is. God, I think he's like God forbid he drops some of the rock WWE stuff. He's annoying? Well, you know what? You think he's annoying. Out of... Pure jealousy. I was just about to thank you, Stone. Out of thank pure you.
0: jealousy. Same thing that Ken did when Joe Burrow was on the uptick. Yeah. Same thing Ken Levica did. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know everybody because people call in here. They love Ken LeVica. This is a show. I'm so sorry, Ken. Hey, he's on his way back right now from Middle Tennessee. Um, he was covering the FAU men's basketball team. That's why I'm in. That's why it's a big Teddy takeover. Theo Dorsey here. Uh so all respects to Ken. But he's hating right now. Him and Brian McLevin Rowitz are hating on Travis Kelsey. For the pure fact that Travis Kelsey is getting the cool points right now. He's the in-style white guy. And white guys are hating.
3: Why are y'all hating? I mean, it makes no sense. Y'all, we don't live that life. Come on. We don't know what it's like.
0: And he just won a Super Bowl. He just
3: won a Super Bowl.
0: And do we have the audio from, from uh what was that, Jimmy Kimmel? Do We have it. Yeah, it was Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. You know, get, get your get your late night Campbell, talk show guys Fallon, names. Cole, like it's just a bunch of dudes. But whatever, they all look the same, sound the same. Wow, yeah. wow, yeah, they got the same names. Wow, was that bad? They all. Yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty horrible. Am I gonna get in trouble? They all look the same. Well, Can we at least play his clip then? with <laughs> yes. Travis Kelsey made the him a love. Big him some love. This is this announcement is maybe bigger than. I mean, I might even say it's up there contending with winning a Super Bowl. What Travis Kelsey? is being put on the platform to do. Listen, listen to this from uh, Jimmy Fallon, right? Fallon? That's the NBC guy? <laughs> it's Jimmy Fallon.
5: We have a big announcement that you're going to announce here on the show tonight. I'm very excited about this. You're going to be back in our building in a few weeks. Can you say why you're coming yeah, back? Yeah, for sure. I mean, growing up, um, I was a huge, like, Farley, uh, Farrell, Fallon um, kind of guy <laughs> growing up. And, um... Yeah, I used to watch Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live with my mother, and um, it's a, it's an absolute honor and, uh, and a privilege to be uh, hosting SNL March 4th. Whoa! Come on, man! Come on, man! Yes, it's gonna be
0: great. That's it. It's gonna be- we can cut it there. Travis Kelsey, Chiefs tight end, two time Super Bowl champ. One of the greatest titans to ever live will be hosting SNL. Will you be watching Stone the
3: I will be watching it. And you said this is just as big of an accomplishment as winning a Super Bowl. That's correct to some. Yeah. I'm forced to watch a lot of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> we know that Kim Kardashian hosted SNL, and she spoke about This was the biggest accompli- accomplishment of her entire life. It's huge. Like, this is what she set out to do. This is your stamp that I've officially made it. But go check the replies thread to that tweet. <laughs> Go check the replies thread.
0: Nobody hey, hey. wants
3: this guy. The general public, nobody wants this guy to do Saturday Night Live. He's going to get bashed for doing it. Yeah. God forbid. He is.
0: He is. Um, we're about to have Aaron Ladd on from Action 41. Do we have time to listen to one of this viral clips? Let's pick one then. Let's just listen to one of them. Aaron Ladd uh, has been made even more famous uh, because of his interviews with Patrick Mahomes Sr. after Patrick Mahomes Jr. has won big games in these playoffs. AFC Championship, he did Joe Burrow. And then after the Super Bowl, Aaron Ladd caught up with Patrick Mahomes Sr., who had this to say following the big win.
2: Hey, it was Joe Burrow last week. <laughs> you know it's Philly this week. Philly blunts.
0: <laughs> Saying he was smoking them Philly blunts. The man that elicited so much uh social media interaction, Aaron Ladd from 41 News out there in Kansas City going to be in after the break. We're talking more Chiefs. He's Stone bandwidth. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is Ken Levick live on ESPN 106.3.
2: You got a
5: cigar on your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Barrow. You smoking on the Joe Barrow? I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. How's it know? feel to be headed back to Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my big boy, did what he you always do? You know, he's going to show up and show out.
1: Now, back to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3.
0: It's a Big Teddy Takeover, Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29 here on Ken LaVica Live. The voice you just heard there, well, it was two voices after the AFC Championship at Arrowhead Stadium. That was Patrick Mahomes Sr. letting us know what was uh, in that cigar he was puffing on following the Chiefs' victory over the Bengals. And the man asking the questions was Aaron Ladd of 41 News out in Kansas City. And Aaron Ladd joins Ken Levick Alive right now. First off, Aaron, dog, how, how, much, how often are you asked about how Patrick Mahomes Sr. is and how different that is from what we get from Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, on a daily basis because it, it feels like the the dichotomy of a man. You know, like, what, what are we getting here between father and son with the Mahomeses?
7: My goodness, Theo. First and foremost, appreciate you having me on. This is... Uh... This is great. Seems like you're very comfortable out there. You, this is great. You look good, sound good, all that good appreciate stuff. Appreciate
0: uh, Aaron. We hate him. <laughs> all right, Aaron, we hate him. <laughs> they do hate me here, so I appreciate that vote of confidence. That'll give me some more points. Maybe <laughs> next time I'm at the negotiation table, maybe a couple more commas. Thank you, Aaron. Let.
7: Hey, the the Pat Mahomes senior thing is funny. It's, it's grown a life of its own. I just got back for the parade, obviously, and. It was, it was a lot of Joe Burrow in the air. Let's just, let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, you know, something was just recently legalized here in the Show Me State, so I think it was Joe mm. Burrow. If not Joe Burrow, it was, it was something else. But, uh, no, Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes uh, Sr., there was a cool NFL films. Of course, Inside the NFL does a great job with their mic'd up stuff. But I thought that was one of the coolest videos of, of them hugging right after the win. Um, out in out in Glendale and, and saying you different, you know the, the league hasn't seen anything like you. I haven't seen anything like you. Like this is when we talk about Pat Mahomes senior. This is a professional athlete in his own right, right? You know he doesn't obviously have the same success as his son has reached, but he knows what it takes to compete at that level and obviously to win at this level. And, and what we've seen from from the whole Mahomes family is it, it, before the age of thirty, I can't say anybody's seen that before.
0: It is it is unprecedented. Now, Aaron, I got to ask you, you've obviously that wasn't your first time talking to Pat Mahomes Sr. When did you realize the uh, the wealth of an interview that Pat Mahomes Sr. can be? Because I know when you came up to him after the AFC conference uh, championship game, you probably had a clue that it was going to like to go viral.
7: Yeah, you know, um, I, I, the good part about being on the ground here is that you do start to form relationships. You know what that's like. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean when you're around the team as much as you are, asking questions. You know they 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 start to recognize you and recognize the face. So this was even you know, my first time talking to Pat Mahomes senior. You could tell after the AFC title game, maybe he had a few more libations. He was comfortable. He, had, <laughs> he was loose. He he was motivated by some of the chatter leading up to that week. Cause if you remember, it was a lot of Burrowhead talk and mm. since he had, it was coming off three straight against Kansas city. Um, you know, Eli Apple had, had spent a lot of time, uh, on Twitter and saying things and that. So, I, uh, Pat Mahomes senior was not the only chief that had some things to say after that win. And, That translated to what happened after the Super Bowl, too, with with Juju getting a a Valentine's Day message. Come
3: on. Yeah, Aaron, I got to ask you how you feel about the Juju thing. I got another question for you, but, you know, you just hinted at Juju. Would you believe it if if Theo Dorsey got on our airwaves yesterday and just bashed Juju, said that he needs to mature, this guy needs to grow up, and he was dogging Juju. you feel the same way, or did you like the tweet?
7: I have to respectfully disagree with, with the overall take. Now, well, well, here's what i say. The, the tweet in itself, uh, and I said this on my platform as well, I have a Chiefs podcast that comes out every week. I, I, I just said, What's hey, the name? The Vic- give us the name of the Chiefs uh, uh, podcast. Chiefs Coast to Coast, we're on Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We just put out episode 45. Go check that. But just to give you a glimpse of that, I, I just said to the victor goes the spoils. You know, like the, the Chiefs had, whether they felt like they were in a rebuilding year or not or or the national media didn't give them enough respect, whatever, whatever, Uh, You know, what they did was extremely impressive and and one of the toughest uh, current modern era of uh, of NFL, whatever you want to call it. They traded away one of the biggest superstars in the league. Tyreek had a career year down in Miami and still with the reinvention or reshaping or remolding, whatever you want to call it, that's not rebuilding Kansas city still found a way to, to win it all. And and, and that was against a, a hell of a Philly team too. Like that's, 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 that, that was a hell of a game. That was one of the best Super Bowls I think we, we,
3: we've seen. Definitely. Yeah, one of the biggest you know, pushbacks I had on the outcry of Juju's tweet was, why are we holding any punches? Just imagine if the Philadelphia Eagles did beat this Chiefs team. Like, Juju would have caught in 100 ricochets, 100 strays, and they would have bashed him in, in all their platforms. We know how bad Philly fans are. We're yeah. mad at this cat for giving them a taste of their own medicine. No shot here. No shot here. So love all that. Love all that, Aaron.
0: I, and one thing I will push back on, Aaron, and, and maybe you can give me some here, is like I feel like James Bradbury took accountability for it. He didn't act like a sore loser in the locker room. That was why I didn't like Juju plastering his face on it. Now, if he had teased the Philly fans and said something about them not being able to climb street lights or you know whatever, then I'm cool <laughs> with it. But he went after the dude, James Bradbury, who, yes, committed the penalty, but then also owned up to it. It felt kind of low. I, we're acting like it was malicious intent though.
7: It it was kind of harmless. It was a Valentine's Day low Aww. beam, the day before the parade. There there have been much much worse things said and I'll I, I. We'll write it. it, wrap. Twitter. We'll yeah, it I, wrap. I don't I don't put I, I don't put a lot on Twitter. You, you if you follow me on Twitter, you you, <laughs> you know that people people uh People we'll put a little too much stock
0: in that, in my opinion. Aaron Ladd from Channel 41 News in Kansas City, uh, Chiefs guy. Well, I won't say Chiefs guy. You cover the Chiefs out there in Missouri and Kansas. Can you first clear something up on the airwaves here? People like to knock me. I was born in Overland Park. All right, I'm a Kansas native and I'm a Chiefs mm. fan. Can Can you let them know it's my birthright as a person who? was born in Overland Park, lived in Kansas City, Kansas. My parents worked in Kansas City, Missouri. It's all the same thing, baby. Like, that's my hometown team. Ooh. You know, I, I don't think I'm at liberty to speak <laughs> on that. See, I, I had to. I had to.
7: When I first got into town, I had to get my card checked because that Missouri-Kansas state line uh, drama, they're legit about that. Yeah. You know, KCK has its own... Affiliations and and people who rock with that side and the Missouri side is, is, has got its own thing. It's down to the barbecue. It's down to the music. It's down to everything.
0: So uh, I, I don't know. I'm from Atlanta originally. <laughs> Atlanta originally. <laughs> <laughs> That's like somebody from Dunwoody talking about? Yo, I'm from. I'm from the A. I'm from the A, yeah. man. Look. Y'all
7: know how Amaretta feels about that, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we won't look, we won't get into that. We won't get into that. Aaron, I, I want to ask you now, let's let's take it serious because today I, I saw a striking tweet from Ian Rappaporn. You know where I'm about to go with this one. Eric Bienemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, past five years, interviewed for sixteen different jobs, fifteen different franchises. We know the whole backstory. How can this not, at this point, give me the argument against this being a thing about race with Eric Bienemee because I can't find any other excuse other than the fact that some of these NFL franchises don't feel comfortable hiring him, because the goalposts keep getting moved. What what is it with Eric Bieniemy, and why would he be taking this commander's job?
7: Yeah, we're watching the goalposts be moved right now. It, it, he went from not being able to interview well, but oh, it's the OC job, so he interviews just fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring we'll bring him right <laughs> on in, and it's all it's not for a, it's not for a Chiefs style offense either. Like, let's be honest with this. With, what this commander's job really is. This is a fix-it job. This is a prove-it deal if you want to compare it to what athletes have to take at certain times. Ah, man, this is is disheartening, to be honest with you, because Eric B. has had to kind of be the poster boy for this problem, this problem that Brian Flores kind of was in the news cycle for. This time around last year, and he used Eric Bieniemy's name in that lawsuit mm. as a prime example of uh, you know other assistants getting jobs and getting second jobs before Eric Bienemy gets even an interview. I don't know. I, I, I do think that uh, Andy Reid has tried his his darndest, and that's not just an Andy Reid thing; it's a Chiefs organization thing. Uh, Clark Hunt and, and some of the guys, the owners, going to bat for for Eric Bienemy. maybe. And and some people here in K C will say, Oh, that's beneficial for them so that they can continue to turn over and whatever, but it still it still matters. When Andy Reid gets on the Super Bowl podium after the win and says Eric Bieniemy was the guy who was pulling the strings down the stretch uh that helped us win this win this game, he means that. And and we need to give that more credit than we do some fake news articles that get flubbed about him not being the the main play caller. I, it just the narrative at this point has overtaken the facts. We yep. don't even know what the facts are. And maybe when he gets to, to Washington and cooks up something nice, then we can just, it, it, it's undeniable. You know, you know what I'm saying?
3: Aaron, we're in the industry of trying to give people answers. So, one, have you had conversations with Eric Bannerme? Do you know what his personality like? Do you think that's part of the problem here? That when he goes in these interviews, like, they don't deem him as a leader of men? Does he not have the quirky personality like a guy like Mike McDaniel does? Like, can he fit the mold of what we're looking for in today's day and age?
7: Man, come on. I mean, are we still debating his resume at this point in time? Are we still asking? Well, why are we still having this conversation of can he lead men? The, the fact that we're even there is right. Is, is frustrating his very own. Yes, I've been around Eric B. and, me, and um, I do believe he has a, a, a very, I mean, the NFL is very militaristic in nature just because of the organization and the shield and all that. And I believe he fits very well into that role as somebody who has been a player not only in the league, but who had come up and risen up through the coaching ranks and has now won multiple Super Bowls. He understands how to win. I mean, that's what this all comes down to, right? Do you need to have a quirky personality and be able to win the press conference? I don't know if that necessarily matters, Uh, especially without giving giving an opportunity. And we've seen coaches with far less resume given an opportunity and fail before this guy even gets a shot. So that's why we go back to race, right?
0: It's got to be something somebody's got to give me an answer and I think yours sums it up the best either it's race or it's like I mean what what, what, what does he have something on these guys that they don't want him to get out I, I can't <laughs> get to the bottom of it but it is frustrating and as a Chiefs fan I love him coming back to Kansas City year after year but I would also love to him for him to get a, uh, a head coaching job somewhere in the NFL Aaron I gotta ask you before we do uh, let you go here the Chiefs off-season now it looks brighter than ever. All of the draft picks, you got guys that you can bring back and like Juju and whatnot, some of those one-year guys. But also, I feel like there's going to be a lot of continuity with this team. And then all of the rookies that panned out during this playoff stretch, especially on the defensive side of the ball. What is the one area of emphasis that the Chiefs are going to attack here with the picks or maybe in free agency to shore up a team that's already the odds on favor to repeat as Super Bowl champion?
7: Yeah, I think the one big question mark around the Chiefs entering this upcoming offseason is the same as it was last offseason, and that's the future of tackle Orlando Brown. What, is, what are you going to do with Patrick Mahomes' blindside? He wanted a new deal and extension. Last year, we saw the dollar figures that he was asking for, and we saw a reported, uh, a reported offer from Kansas City, and those were two different places. So he ended up tagged, showed up late to camp. They ended up getting on the same page. And if I were to tell you that Orlando Brown bet on himself that last offseason, it, it paid off. Mm. They won. They won the Super Bowl, and in that Super Bowl, going up against one of the most ferocious D lines of all time, uh, they allowed zero sacks as they showed on their parade shirts uh, just the other day down Grand here in Kansas City. So, what, what do you do with Orlando Brown? Do you do you transition tag and give him the twenty percent bump, which puts him about twenty mil per year? Um, do you just go ahead and give him the give him the the, the contract that he wants? I don't know, Kansas City. This is where it gets fun. Orlando Brown, Chris Jones is going to be another guy that wants to get paid. Mm. That that defensive line showed up when it mattered. Juju almost had a thousand-yard season in his one year here. so it, It's going to be interesting to watch, but if I had one thing, it, was, it would be
0: OBJ. Before you go, you're a Southern guy, Kansas City barbecue. What's your thoughts? You've been there a couple of years now.
7: Oh, man. If I, if I have a favorite right now, it's Joe's. Oklahoma Joe's, now mm. Kansas City Joe's. But it, it, it's... It's the true the true mark of a good barbecue town is that you have multiple good options. There you I like go. Thirty nine. I like Gates. Um, I like um, Slaps up in up in um, up in KC. So yeah, it, it, we've got a few good ones, and I put Casey barbecue up there with Houston barbecue.
0: There we go. That's what I need to know. I've had both, and you're right. It's it's on par. Aaron Ladd, thanks so much for your time, dog. Congrats. Continue the the championship celebrations and whatever y'all move on to next after the Chiefs. And uh, we're looking forward to more Patrick Mahomes senior content, bro.
7: Oh, it's the draft. You know the NFL draft in KC this year. Oh, it's year. in you KC. You got pull up. That's, yeah, hey, you know what?
0: You know what? I'm about to see what I can do about that. I'm about to see pull what up. I can do. And if I do, we'll, up, we'll get some barbecue. Homie. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Aaron Ladd, thanks for your time again, brother. Uh, Channel 41 News out of Kansas City. That was Aaron Ladd. You can follow him on Twitter at Aaron Ladd 0 Check out his podcast at Pride. Um, our Arrowhead Pride, excuse me, he has a podcast with Arrowhead Pride as well. Great work out of Kansas City. We got to go to break. We'll be back here on Ken Lavica Live.
2: Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'll be honest with y'all. I don't know what rebuilding means. And our rebuilding year, we're world champs. We're world champs.
1: Now to Ken LaVecca live on ESPN 1063
0: Man I, I can't tell you Stone I can't tell you every time I hear not just that but so many clips from that World Championship parade in Kansas City Wednesday afternoon popping champagne I I, I missed it Stone I I could have been there I, I think it's the
3: word I'm looking for. I, I think it's mandatory that these guys get drunk at these parades. Oh, man, yeah. Like, there's not a single player. One of the players got wheelchaired out of there. <laughs> so buying a whole squad of EMTs. Yeah. Well, like, just so jealous watching that, but, like, it comes with waking up that morning. Like, you tell the wife and your kids, hey, I'm sorry, today's about to be really messy. It's gonna get ugly. It's gonna get ugly, oh, but my God, I mean, we're locked in, right? This is how I make these M's. Have
0: you seen Patrick Mahomes Jr.? ever look more like Patrick Mahomes senior <laughs> than at that parade no like, shot i was even talking to ashley my fiance about this and she was like like pat mahomes is looking a little he's, he's sounding a little uh like a brother today <laughs> sounding <laughs> like a, a guy i said I, look He'd had a, a few champagne toasts. He's got some beers in him, a couple shots of tequila, maybe. Like he's he's a little loose right now.
3: Yeah, he, in the picture with that he had with his wife Brittany at Disney World. I mean, he looked rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he looked like he wore the same outfit that he did from the night before. <laughs> he, and he says, was, we can't knock him for it. Like this is how it goes. Maybe he was late. Maybe Brittany had to wake him up. But I do want to speak on this Travis Kelsey crowd. Yeah, the whole Travis Kelsey's annoying crowd.
0: Who's the, is he annoying?
3: Uh, is du- he? Dude, d- oh ho oh, oh. ho. This crowd, it. this is 80% of the public that, think, <sighs> that thinks this guy's annoying, Ken Levicka being one of them. Our very own Brian Rhodes was dogging him yesterday to me, and it's all I see over my Twitter, my Instagram timeline, that this guy is not who he thinks he is, and he's annoying. Let me tell you something. Well, let me propose something, because I don't speak from experience, <laughs> but nobody out there calling this guy annoying has a damn clue how he feels, what he goes through, and can experience the life that he's living right now. He's a rock star. Oh my goodness, he is. I mean, he he's is. the best tight end in the league. His name is in the conversation with Rob Gronkowski right now. Guys like Tony Gonzalez. Like, it's in there right yeah. now. This cat's not even 30 years old. God forbid he has a little bit of fun. God forbid he drops some Beastie Boys quotes. I thought he was like 32. I have no idea how old Travis Kelsey is. God, like God forbid he drops some of the rock WWE stuff. He's annoying? Well, you know what? You think he's annoying. Out of pure jealousy. I was just about to thank you, Stone. Out of pure
0: jealousy. Same thing that Ken did when Joe Burrow was on the uptick. Yeah! Same thing Ken Levicka did. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know everybody, because people call in here. They love Ken Levicka. This is a show. I'm so sorry, Ken. Hey, he's on his way back right now from Middle Tennessee. Um, He was covering the FAU men's basketball team. That's why I'm in. That's why it's a big Teddy takeover. Theo Dorsey here. Uh, So, all respects to Ken. But he's hating right now. Him and Brian mclovin Rowitz are hating on Travis Kelsey. For the pure fact that Travis Kelsey is getting the cool points right now, he's the in style white guy, and white guys are hating.
3: Why are y'all hate? I mean, it makes no sense. Y'all, we don't live that life. Come on, we don't know what it's like. And
0: he just won a Super Bowl. He just won a
3: Super Bowl.
0: And do we have the audio from from uh, what was that Jimmy Kimmel? Do we have it. Yeah, it was Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. You know, get, get your get your late night Campbell, talk show guys Fallon, names. Cole, like it's just a bunch of dudes. But whatever, they all look the same, sound the same. Wow, yeah. wow, yeah, they got the same names. Wow, was that bad? They all. Yeah, well, I mean, it was pretty horrible. Not gonna get in trouble. They all look the same. What can we at least play his clip then? When <laughs> yes. Travis Kelsey made the him a love. Big love. This is this announcement is maybe bigger than. I mean, I might even say it's up there contending with winning a Super Bowl. What Travis Kelsey is being put on the platform to do. Listen, listen to this from uh, Jimmy Fallon, right? Fallon? That's NBC guy? <laughs> it's Jimmy Fallon.
5: We have a big announcement that you're going to announce here on the show tonight. I'm very excited about this. You're going to be back in our building in a few weeks. Can you say why you're coming yeah, back? Yeah, for sure. I mean, growing up, um, I was a huge, like, Farley, uh, Farrell, Fallon um, kind of guy growing up. And... Um, yeah, I used to watch Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live with my mother, and um, it's a it's an absolute honor and, uh, and a privilege to be uh, hosting SNL March 4th. Come on, man! Come on, bud! Yes, it's
6: gonna
0: be great. That's it. It's gonna be- we can cut it there. Travis Kelsey, Chiefs tight end, two time Super Bowl champ. One of the greatest titans to ever live will be hosting SNL. Will you be watching Stone the Bandwidth?
3: I will be watching it. And you said this is just as big of an accomplishment as winning a Super Bowl. That's correct to some. Yeah. I'm forced to watch a lot of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> we know that Kim Kardashian hosted SNL, and she spoke about This was the biggest accompli- accomplishment of her entire life. It's huge. Like, this is what she set out to do. This is your stamp that I've officially made it. But go check the replies thread to that tweet. <laughs> Go check the replies thread. Nobody wants this guy. The general public, nobody wants this guy to do Saturday Night Live. He's going to get bashed for doing it. Yeah. God forbid.
0: He is. Um, We're about to have Aaron Ladd on from Action 41. Do we have time to listen to one of these viral clips? Let's pick one then. Let's just listen to one of them. Aaron Ladd uh, has been made even more famous uh, because of his interviews with Patrick Mahomes Sr. after Patrick Mahomes Jr. has won big games in these playoffs. AFC Championship he did, Joe Burrow. And then after the Super Bowl, Aaron Ladd caught up with Patrick Mahomes, Sr., who had this to say following the big win.
6: Hey,
2: it was Joe Burrow last week. It's it. Philly this week. Philly blunts.
0: <laughs> Saying he was smoking them Philly blunts. The man that elicited so much uh, social media interaction, Aaron Ladd from 41 News, out there in Kansas City, going to be in after the break. We're talking more Chiefs. He's Stone bandwidth. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3.
2: You got a cigar
5: on your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Barrow. You smoking on the Joe Barrow? I'm smoking on the Joe Barrow. How's it feel to be headed back to Super Bowl? Uh, It feels great, you know. You know, my big boy did what he always do. You know, he's going to show up and and show out.
1: Now, back to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3.
5: It's
0: a big Teddy takeover. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29 here on Ken LaVica Live. The voice you just heard there, well, it was two voices after the AFC Championship at Arrowhead Stadium. That was Patrick Mahomes Sr. letting us know what was uh, in that cigar he was puffing on following the Chiefs' victory over the Bengals. And the man asking the questions was Aaron Ladd of 41 News out in Kansas City. And Aaron Ladd joins Ken Levick Alive right now. First off, Aaron, dog, how, how, much, how often are you asked about how Patrick Mahomes Sr. is and how different that is from what we get from Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, on a daily basis because it, it feels like the, the dichotomy of a man. You know, like, what, what are we getting here between father and son with the Mahomeses?
7: My goodness, Theo. First and foremost, appreciate you having me on. This is uh this is great. Seems like you're very comfortable out there. You this is great. You look good, sound good, all that good appreciate. stuff. Appreciate
0: uh, Aaron, we hate him. <laughs> yeah. All right, Aaron, we hate him. <laughs> they do hate me here, so I appreciate that vote of confidence. That'll give me some more points. Maybe <laughs> next time I'm at the negotiation table, maybe a couple more commas. Thank you, Aaron, let. Hey,
7: the, the Pat Mahomes senior thing is funny. It's it's grown a life of its own. I just got back for the parade, obviously, and it was it was a lot of Joe Burrow in the air. Let's just, let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, you know, something was just recently legalized here in the Show Me State, so I think it was Joe mm. Burrow. If not Joe Burrow, it was, it was something else. But, uh, no, Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes uh, Sr., there was a cool NFL films. Of course, Inside the NFL does a great job with their mic'd up stuff. But I thought that was one of the coolest videos of, of them hugging right after the win. Um, out in out in Glendale and, and saying, you different. You know, the, the league hasn't seen anything like you. I haven't seen anything like you. Like, this is, when we talk about Pat Mahomes Sr., this is a professional athlete in his own right. Right. You know, he doesn't obviously have the same success as his son has reached, but he knows what it takes to compete at that level and obviously to win at this level. And, and what we've seen from, from the old Mahomes family is it, it, before the age of 30, I can't say anybody's seen that before.
0: It is it is unprecedented. Now, Aaron, I got to ask you. You've obviously, that wasn't your first time talking to Pat Mahomes Sr. When did you realize the uh, the wealth of an interview that Pat Mahomes Sr. can be? Because I know when you came up to him after the AFC Conference uh, Championship game, you probably had a clue that it was going to like to go viral.
7: Yeah, you know, um I, I the good part about being on the ground here is that you do start to form relationships. You know what that's like. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean when you're around the team as much as you are asking questions. You know they they, they start to recognize you and recognize the face. So this was even my first time talking to Pat Mahomes senior. You could tell that after the AFC title game maybe he had a few more libations. He
0: was comfortable.
7: I mean, he, he, had, <laughs>
0: yeah, he was loose.
7: He. He was motivated by some of the chatter leading up to that week because if you remember, it was a lot of Burrowhead talk, and mm. since he was coming off three straight against Kansas City, um, you know Eli Apple had had spent a lot of time uh, on Twitter and saying things, and that. So I, uh, Pat Mahomes Sr. was not the only Chief that had some things to say after that win, and. That translated to what happened after the Super Bowl, too, with with Juju getting a a Valentine's Day message.
3: Come on. Yeah, Aaron, I got to ask you how you feel about the Juju thing. I got another question for you, but, you know, you just hinted at Juju. Would you believe it if if Theo Dorsey got on our airwaves yesterday and just bashed Juju, said that he needs to mature, this guy needs to grow up, and he was dogging Juju. you feel the same way, or did you like the tweet?
7: I have to respectfully disagree with, with the overall take. Now, well, well here is what I say: the, the tweet in itself, uh, and I said this on my platform as well. I have a Chiefs podcast that comes out every week. I, I, I just Shout said, out. what's hey, the name? The Vic-
0: give us the name of the Chiefs uh, uh, podcast.
7: Chiefs coast to coast. We're on Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We just put out episode forty-five. Go check that. But just to give you a glimpse of that, I, I just said to the victor goes the spoils. You know, like the, the Chiefs had whether they felt like they were in a rebuilding year or not, or or the national media didn't give them enough respect, whatever, whatever. Uh, You know, what they did was extremely impressive and and one of the toughest uh, current modern era of uh, of NFL, whatever you want to call it. They traded away one of the biggest superstars in the league. Tyreek had a career year down in Miami and still with the reinvention or reshaping or remolding, whatever you want to call it, that's not rebuilding. Kansas City still found a way to to win it all. And and, and that was against a, a hell of a Philly team, too. Like, that's that's. That's, that was a hell of a game. That was one of the best Super Bowls I think we, we, we've
3: seen. Definitely. Yeah, one of the biggest you know, pushbacks I had on the outcry of Juju's tweet was, why are we holding any punches? Just imagine if the Philadelphia Eagles did beat this Chiefs team. like Juju would have caught in 100 ricochets, 100 strays, and they would have bashed him in, in all their platforms. We know how bad Philly fans are. We're yeah. mad at this cat for giving them a taste of their own medicine. No shot here. No shot here. So love all that. Love all that, Aaron.
0: I, and one thing I will push back on, Aaron, and, and maybe you can give me some here is like, I feel like James Bradbury took accountability for it. He didn't act like a sore loser in the locker room. That was why I didn't like Juju plastering his face on it. Now, if he had teased the Philly fans and said something about them not being able to climb street lights or, you know, whatever, then I'm cool with it. But he went after the dude, James Bradbury, who, yes, committed the penalty, but then also owned up to it. It felt kind of low.
7: I, we're acting like it was malicious intent though it it was kind of harmless. it was a valentine's day low meme, the day before the parade there there have been much much worse things said and i i, I. We'll it, let it twitter we'll yeah, it i wrap. don't i don't put I, I don't put a lot on twitter you, you if you follow me on twitter you you <laughs> you know that people people uh Put a little too much stock
0: in that, in my opinion. Aaron Ladd from Channel 41 News in Kansas City, Uh Chiefs guy. Well, I won't say Chiefs guy. You cover the Chiefs out there in Missouri and Kansas. Can you first clear something up on the airwaves here? People like to knock me. I was born in Overland Park. All right, I'm a Kansas native and I'm a Chiefs mm. fan. Can Can you let them know it's my birthright? as a person who was born in Overland Park, lived in Kansas City, Kansas, my parents worked in Kansas City, Missouri, it's all the same thing, baby. Like, that's my hometown team. Ooh, you know, I I don't think I'm at liberty to speak (laughs) on that. See, I had to, to,
7: when I first got into town, I had to get my card checked because that Missouri-Kansas state line Uh. drama, they're legit about that. You know, KCK has its own affiliations and, and people who rock with that side and the Missouri side is, it has got its own thing. It's down to the barbecue, it's down to the music, it's down to everything.
0: So uh I, I don't know, I'm from Atlanta originally <laughs> Atlanta originally. <laughs> <laughs> That's like somebody from Dunwoody talking about. Yo, I'm from I'm from the A. I'm from the A, yeah. man. Look. y'all know
7: how Amaretta feels about that though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we won't look, We won't get into that. We won't get into that, Aaron. I, I want to ask you now. Let's let's take it serious because today I, I saw a striking tweet from Ian Rapoport, and You know where I'm about to go with this one. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, past five years, interviewed for 16 different jobs, 15 different franchises. We know the whole backstory. How can this not at this point give me the argument against this being a thing about race with Eric Bieniemy? Because I can't find any other excuse. Other than the fact that some of these NFL franchises don't feel comfortable hiring him, because the goalposts keep getting moved, what what is it with Eric Bieniemy, and why would he be taking this commander's job?
7: Yeah, we're watching the goalposts be move right now. It, it, he went from not being able to interview well, but oh, it's the OC job, so he interviews just fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring we'll bring him right <laughs> on in, and it's all it's not for a, it's not for a Chiefs style offense either. Like, let's be honest with this. With, what this commander's job really is. This is a fix-it job. This is a prove-it deal if you want to compare it to what athletes have to take at certain times. I, uh, man, this is is disheartening, to be honest with you, because Eric bien has had to kind of be the poster boy for this problem, this problem that Brian Flores kind of was in the news cycle for. This time around last year, and he used Eric Bienemy's name in that lawsuit mm. as a prime example of uh, you know, other assistants getting jobs and getting second jobs before Eric Biennami gets a, even an interview. I don't know. I, I, I do think that uh, Andy Reid has tried his, his darndest. And that's not just an Andy Reid thing, it's a Chiefs organization thing. Uh, Clark Hunt and, and some of the guys, the owners, going to bat for, for Eric Bienemy. maybe and and some people here in KC will say oh that's beneficial for them so that they can continue to turn over and whatever but it still it still matters when Andy Reid gets on the Super Bowl podium after the win and says Eric Bieniemy was the guy who was pulling the strings down the stretch uh that helped us win this win this game he means that and and we need to give that more credit than we do some fake news articles that get flubbed about him not being the the main play caller I, It just the narrative at this point has overtaken the facts we yeah. don't even know what the facts are and maybe when he gets to to Washington and cooks up something nice then we can just it's, it's undeniable you know you know what I'm saying
3: Aaron we're in the industry of trying to get people answers so one have you had conversations with Eric Bannermy do you know what his personality like do you think that's part of the problem here that when he goes in these interviews like they don't deem him as a leader of men does he not have the quirky personality like a guy like Mike McDaniel does like can he fit the mold of what we're looking for in today's day and age
7: Man, come on. I mean, are we
3: still debating his resume at this point in time? Are we
7: still asking? Well, why are we still having this conversation of can he lead men? The, the fact that we're even there is, right. is, is frustrating his very own. Yes, I've been around Eric B. and um and I do believe he has a, a, a very, I mean, the NFL is very militaristic in nature just because of the organization and the shield and all that, and I believe he fits very well into that role as somebody who has been a player not only in the league, but who had come up and risen up through the coaching ranks and now won multiple Super Bowls, he understands how to win. I mean, <laughs> that's what this all comes down to, right? Do you need to have a quirky personality and be able to win the press conference? I don't know if that necessarily matters, uh, especially without giving, giving an opportunity. And we've seen coaches with far less resume given an opportunity and fail before this guy even gets a shot. So that's why we go back to race, right?
0: It's got to be – something somebody's got to give me an answer and I think yours sums it up the best either it's race or it's like I mean what what, what, what does he have something on these guys that they don't want him to get out I, I can't <laughs> get to the bottom of it but it is frustrating and as a Chiefs fan I love him coming back to Kansas City year after year but I would also love to him for him to get a, uh, a head coaching job somewhere in the NFL Aaron I got to ask you before we do uh, let you go here the Chiefs off season now It looks brighter than ever. All of the draft picks, you got guys that you can bring back and like Juju and whatnot, some of those one-year guys, but also I feel like there's going to be a lot of continuity with this team and then all of the rookies that panned out during this playoff stretch, especially on the defensive side of the ball. What is the one area of emphasis that the Chiefs are going to attack here with the picks or maybe in free agency to shore up a team that's already the odds on favorite to repeat as Super Bowl champions?
7: Yeah, I think the one big question mark around the Chiefs entering this upcoming offseason is the same as it was last offseason, and that's the future of tackle Orlando Brown. What is? What are you going to do with Patrick Mahomes' blindside? He wanted a new deal and extension last year. We saw the dollar figures that he was asking for, and we saw a reported, uh, a reported offer from Kansas City, and those were two different places. So he ended up tagged, showed up late to camp. They ended up getting on the same page. And if I were to tell you that Orlando Brown bet on himself that last offseason, it, it paid off. Mm. They won. They won the Super Bowl. And in that Super Bowl, going up against one of the most ferocious D lines of all time, uh, they allowed zero sacks. As they showed on their parade shirts uh, just the other day down Grand here in Kansas City. So, what, what do you do with Orlando Brown? Do you, do you transition tag and give him the twenty percent bump, which puts him about twenty mil per year? Um, do you just go ahead and give him the give him the the, the contract that he wants? I don't know, Kansas City. This is where it gets fun. Or Orlando Brown, Chris Jones, is going to be another guy that wants to get paid. Mm. That that defensive line showed up when it mattered. Juju almost had a thousand yard season in his one year here. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch. But if I had one thing, it was it would be OBJ.
0: Before you go, you're a Southern guy. Kansas City barbecue. What's your thoughts? You've been there a couple of years now.
7: Oh man, if if I have a favorite right now, it's Joe's Oklahoma Joe's now yeah. Kansas City Joe's, but it, it, it's it it's the true the true mark of a good barbecue town is that you have multiple good options. There you I like go. Thirty nine. I like Gates. Um I like um Slap's up in up in um up in KC. So, yeah, it, it, we've got a few good ones and I put KC barbecue up there with Houston barbecue.
0: There we go. That's what I need to know. I've had both and you're right. It's it's on par. Aaron Ladd, thanks so much for your time, dog. Congrats. Continue the the championship celebrations and whatever y'all move on to next after the Chiefs. And uh, we're looking forward to more Patrick Mahomes senior content, bro.
7: Oh, it's the draft. You know the NFL draft in KC this Oh, year. it's in you KC. You to pull up. That's, yeah. hey, you, know mm. what?
0: you know what? I'm about to see what I can do about that. I'm about to see pull what up. I can do. And if I do, we, up, we'll get some barbecue. Home. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Aaron Ladd, thanks for your time again, brother. Uh, Channel 41 News out of Kansas City. That was Aaron Ladd. You can follow him on Twitter at Ladd 0 Check out his podcast at Pride. Um, or Arrowhead Pride, excuse me. He has a podcast with Arrowhead Pride as well. Great work out of Kansas City. We got to go to break. We'll be back here on Ken Levick Live.
2: You got a cigar on your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the
5: Joe Barrow. You smoking on the Joe Barrow? I'm smoking on the Joe Barrow. How's know? it feel to be headed back to Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my big boy did what he always do. You know, he's going to show up and, and show out.
1: Now, back to Ken Lavicka live on ESPN 1063.
0: It's a big Teddy takeover. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29 here on Ken Lavicka live. The voice you just heard there, well, it was two voices. After the AFC Championship at Arrowhead Stadium, that was Patrick Mahomes Sr. letting us know what was uh, in that cigar he was puffing on following the Chiefs' victory over the Bengals. And the man asking the questions was Aaron Ladd of 41 News out in Kansas City and Aaron Ladd joins Ken Lavicka live right now. First off, Aaron, dog, how how much how often are you asked about how Patrick Mahomes Sr. is and how different that is from what we get from Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, on a daily basis because it it feels like the the dichotomy of a man. You know, like, what what are we getting here between father and son with the Mahomeses?
7: My goodness, Theo. First and foremost, appreciate you having me on. This is... uh... This is great. Seems like you're very comfortable out there. You, this is great. You look good. Sound good. All that good
0: appreciate. stuff. Appreciate it. Aaron, we hate him.
3: <laughs> all right, Aaron, we hate him.
0: <laughs> they do hate me here, so I appreciate that vote of confidence. That'll give me some more points. Maybe next time I'm at the negotiation table, maybe a couple more commas. Thank you, Aaron Lett.
7: Hey, the, the Pat Mahomes Sr. thing is funny. It's, it's grown a life of its own. I just got back for the parade, obviously. and. It was it was a lot of Joe Burrow in the air. Let's just, let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, you know, something was just recently legalized here in the Show Me State, so I think it was Joe mm. Burrow. If not Joe Burrow, it was, it was something else. But uh, no, Pat Mahomes and Pat Mahomes uh, Sr., there was a cool NFL films. Of course, Inside the NFL does a great job with their mic'd up stuff. But I thought that was one of the coolest videos of, of them hugging right after the win. Um, out in out in Glendale and, and saying, you're different. You know, the, the league hasn't seen anything like you. I haven't seen anything like you. Like, this is, when we talk about Pat Mahomes Sr., this is a professional athlete in his own right. Right. You know, he doesn't obviously have the same success as his son has reached, but he knows what it takes to compete at that level and obviously to win at this level. And, and what we've seen from, from the whole Mahomes family is it, it, before the age of 30, I can't say anybody's seen that before.
0: It is it is unprecedented. Now, Aaron, I got to ask you. You've obviously that wasn't your first time talking to Pat Mahomes senior. When did you realize the uh, the wealth of an interview that Pat Mahomes senior can be? Because I know when you came up to him after the AFC Conference uh, Championship game, you probably had a clue that it was going like to likely go viral.
7: Yeah, you know, um, I, I, the good part about being on the ground here is that you do start to form relationships. You know what that's like. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean when you're around the team as much as you are, asking questions. You know, they, they, they start to recognize you and recognize the face. So this was even my first time talking to Pat Mahomes senior. You could tell after the AFC title game, maybe he had a few more libations. He
0: was comfortable. He, had, <laughs> he was loose.
7: He he was motivated by some of the chatter leading up to that week. Cause if you remember, it was a lot of Burrowhead talk and mm. since it was coming off three straight against Kansas city. Um, you know, Eli Apple had, had spent a lot of time, uh, on Twitter and saying things and that. So, I, uh, Pat Mahomes senior was not the only chief that had some things to say
3: after that win. And,
7: That translated to what happened after the Super Bowl, too, with with Juju getting a a Valentine's Day message.
3: Come on. Yeah, Aaron, I got to ask you how you feel about the Juju thing. I got another question for you, but, you know, you just hinted at Juju. Would you believe it if if Theo Dorsey got on our airwaves yesterday and just bashed Juju, said that he needs to mature, this guy needs to grow up, and he was dogging Juju. you feel the same way, or did you like
0: the tweet?
7: I have to respectfully disagree with, with the overall take. Now, well, here's what i say. The tweet in itself, uh, and I said this on my platform as well, I have a Chiefs podcast that comes out every week. I, I just Shout said, out. What's hey, the name? The Vic- give us the name of the Chiefs uh, uh, podcast. Chiefs Coast to Coast. We're on Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We just put out episode 45. Go check that. But just to give you a glimpse of that, I, I just said to the victor goes the spoils. You know, like the, the Chiefs had, whether they felt like they were in a rebuilding year or not or or the national media didn't give them enough respect, whatever, whatever. Uh, you know, what they did was extremely impressive and, and one of the toughest uh, current modern era of, uh, of NFL, whatever you want to call it. They traded away one of the biggest superstars in the league. Tyreek had a career year down in Miami and still with the reinvention or reshaping or remolding, whatever you want to call it, that's not rebuilding Kansas city still found a way to, to win it all. And and, and that was against a, a hell of a Philly team too. Like that's, that's, that was a hell of a game. That was one of the best Super Bowls I think we, we, we've seen.
0: Definitely.
3: Yeah, one of the biggest you know, pushbacks I had on the outcry of Juju's tweet was, why are we holding any punches? Just imagine if the Philadelphia Eagles did beat this Chiefs team. Like, Juju would have caught in 100 ricochets, 100 strays, and they would have bashed him in, in all their platforms. We know how bad Philly fans are. We're yeah. mad at this cat for giving them a taste of their own medicine. No shot here. No shot here. So love all that. Love all that, Aaron.
0: I, and one thing I will push back on, Aaron, and, and maybe you can give me some here is like, I feel like James Bradbury took accountability for it. He didn't act like a sore loser in the locker room. That was why I didn't like Juju plastering his face on it. Now, if he had teased the Philly fans and said something about them not being able to climb street lights or, you know, whatever, then I'm cool <laughs> with it. But he went after the dude, James Bradbury, who, yes, committed the penalty, but then also owned up to it. It felt kind of low.
7: we're acting like it was malicious intent though it it was kind of harmless it was a valentine's day low beam the day before the parade there there have been much much worse things said and i i don't put i I don't put a lot on twitter you you, if you follow me on twitter you, you know that people people uh put a little too much stock
0: in that, in my opinion. Aaron Ladd from Channel 41 News in Kansas City. Uh, Chiefs guy, well, I won't say Chiefs guy, you cover the Chiefs out there in Missouri and Kansas. Can you first clear something up on the airwaves here? People like to knock me. I was born in Overland Park. All right? I'm a Kansas native, and I'm a Chiefs mm. fan. Can Can you let them know it's my birthright as a person who was born in Overland Park, lived in Kansas City, Kansas. My parents worked in Kansas City, Missouri. It's all the same thing, baby. Like, that's my hometown team.
7: Ooh. You know, I, I don't think I'm at liberty to speak <laughs> on that. See, I, I, had to, I had to. When I first got into town, I had to get my card checked because that Missouri-Kansas state line uh. drama, they're legit about that. Yeah. You know, KCK has its own affiliations and, and people who rock with that side and the Missouri side is, is, has got its whole thing. It's down to the barbecue, it's down to the music, it's down to everything. So uh I, I don't know, I'm from Atlanta
0: originally <laughs> Atlanta originally. <laughs> <laughs> That's like somebody from Doom, what he talking about. Yo, I'm from I'm from the A. I'm from the A, yeah. man.
7: Look y'all know how Amaretta feels about that though. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we won't look, We won't get into that. We won't get into that, Aaron. I, I want to ask you now. Let's let's take it serious because today I, I saw a striking tweet from Ian Rapaport. You know where I'm about to go with this one, Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, past five years, interviewed for 16 different jobs, 15 different franchises. We know the whole backstory. How can this not at this point give me the argument against this being a thing about race with Eric Bieniemy? Because I can't find any other excuse. Other than the fact that some of these NFL franchises don't feel comfortable hiring him, because the goalposts keep getting moved, what what is it with Eric Bieniemy, and why would he be taking this commander's job?
7: Yeah, we're watching the goalposts be move right now. It, it, he went from not being able to interview well, but oh, it's the OC job, so he interviews just fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring we'll bring him right <laughs> on in, and it's all it's not for a, it's not for a Chiefs style offense either. Like, let's be honest with this. With, what this commander's job really is. This is a fix-it job. This is a prove-it deal if you want to compare it to what athletes have to take at certain times. Ah, man, this is is disheartening, to be honest with you, because Eric bien has had to kind of be the poster boy for this problem, this problem that Brian Flores kind of was in the news cycle for this time around last year and he used eric bienemy's name in that lawsuit mm. as a prime example of uh you know other assistants getting jobs and getting second jobs before eric bienemy gets a, even an interview i don't know I, I i do think that uh andy Reid has tried his his darndest, and that's not just an andy reed thing it's a chiefs organization thing uh clark hunt and and some of the guys the owners going to bat for for eric bienemy maybe and some people here in K C will say, Oh, that's beneficial for them so that they can continue to turn over and whatever, but it still it still matters. When Andy Reid gets on the Super Bowl podium after the win and says Eric Biennaby was the guy who was pulling the strings down the stretch uh that helped us win this win this game, he means that. And and we need to give that more credit than we do some fake news articles that get flubbed about him not being the the main play caller. I, it just the narrative at this point has overtaken the facts we yeah. don't even know what the facts are and maybe when he gets to to Washington and cooks up something nice then we can just it's, it's undeniable you know what you know what I'm saying
3: Aaron we're in the industry of trying to get people answers so one have you had conversations with Eric Bannerme? do you know what his personality like do you think that's part of the problem here that when he goes in these interviews like they don't deem him as a leader of men does he not have the quirky personality like a guy like Mike McDaniel does like can he fit the mold of what we're looking for in today's day and age
7: Man, come on. I mean, are we still debating his resume at this point in time? Are we still asking? Well, why are we still having this conversation? of Can he lead men? The, the fact that we're even there is right. Is, is frustrating is his very own. Yes, I've been around Eric B. and me, and um, I do believe he has a, a, a very, I mean, the NFL is very militaristic in nature just because of the organization and the shield and all that. And I believe he fits very well into that role as somebody who has been a player not only in the league, but who had come up and risen up through the coaching ranks and now won multiple Super Bowls, he understands how to win. I mean, that's what this all comes down to, right? Do you need to have a quirky personality and be able to win the press conference? I don't know if that necessarily matters, uh, especially without giving, giving an opportunity. And we've seen coaches with far less resume given an opportunity and fail before this guy even gets a shot. So that's why we go back to race, right?
0: It's got to be something. Somebody's got to give me an answer, and I think yours sums it up the best. Either it's race or it's like, I mean, what What, what, what does he have something on these guys that they don't want him to get out? I, I can't <laughs> get to the bottom of it, but it is frustrating. And as a Chiefs fan, I love him coming back to Kansas City year after year, but I would also love to him for him to get a, uh, a head coaching job somewhere in the NFL. Aaron, I got to ask you before we do uh, let you go here, the Chiefs off season now – it looks brighter than ever. All of the draft picks, you got guys that you can bring back and like Juju and whatnot, some of those one-year guys. But also, I feel like there's going to be a lot of continuity with this team. And then all of the rookies that panned out during this playoff stretch, especially on the defensive side of the ball. What is the one area of emphasis that the Chiefs are going to attack here with the picks or maybe in free agency to shore up a team that's already the odds on favor to repeat as Super Bowl champions?
7: Yeah, I think the one big question mark around the Chiefs entering this upcoming offseason is the same as it was last offseason, and that's the future of tackle Orlando Brown. What is? What are you going to do with Patrick Mahomes' blindside? He wanted a new deal and extension last year. We saw the dollar figures that he was asking for, and we saw a reported, uh, a reported offer from Kansas City, and those were two different places. So he ended up tagged, showed up late to camp. They ended up getting on the same page. And if I were to tell you that Orlando Brown bet on himself that last offseason, it, it paid off. Mm. They won. They won the Super Bowl. And in that Super Bowl, going up against one of the most ferocious D-lines of all time, uh, they allowed zero sacks, as they showed on their parade shirts, uh, just the other day down grand here in Kansas City. So what, what do you do with Orlando Brown? Do you, do you transition tag and give him the 20% bump, which puts him about 20 mil per year? Um, do you just go ahead and give him the the give him the, the, the contract that he wants? I don't know. Kansas City... This is where it gets fun. Orlando Brown, Chris Jones going to be another guy that wants to get paid. That mm. that defensive line showed up when it mattered. Juju almost had a thousand-yard season in his one year here, so it, it's going to be interesting to watch, but if I had one thing, it, was, it would be OBJ.
0: Before you go, you're a Southern guy, Kansas City barbecue. What's your thoughts? You've been there a couple of years now. Oh, man. If, if
7: I have a favorite right now, it's Joe's. Oklahoma Joe's, now mm. Kansas City Joe's. But it, it, it's it's the true the true mark of a good barbecue town is that you have multiple good options. There you I like go. Thirty nine. I like Gates. Um I like um Slaps up in up in um up in KC. So, yeah, we it, it, we've got a few good ones and I put KC barbecue up there with Houston barbecue.
0: There we go. That's what I need to know. I've had both and you're right. It's it's on par. Aaron Ladd, thanks so much for your time, dog. Congrats. Continue the the championship celebrations and whatever y'all move on to next after the Chiefs And uh, we're looking forward to more Patrick Mahomes senior content, bro.
7: Oh, it's the draft. You know the NFL draft in KC Oh, it's in KC. You got to pull
0: up. You know what? I'm about to see what I can do about that. I'm about to see what I can do. And if I do, we'll we'll get some barbecue. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Aaron Ladd, thanks for your time again, brother. Uh, Channel 41 News out of Kansas City. That was Aaron Ladd. You can follow him on Twitter at Aaron Ladd Zero. Check out his podcast at Pride. Um, or Arrowhead Pride, excuse me. He has a podcast with Arrowhead Pride as well. Great work out of Kansas City. We got to go to break. We'll be back here on Ken Levick Live.